Denture Donald is uh, now trending in Pittsburgh and all over the country, apparently. <laughs> all over the United States? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised that. The United States. <laughs> if he wouldn't have gone down with the inflection, it wouldn't be as funny, but it just sounds like it's, uh, it's like, like resi- he, he's resigned to. I can't believe we're talking about it. Everybody knows our dentures now. The United States. It was like his dentures were falling out of his mouth for two and a half minutes. <laughs> like watching somebody's teeth fall down the stairs in the exercise. <laughs> do you have that? Do you have that? <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Mix of sun and clouds as we go through the day today. It is going to be breezy and cold. We top out at 35 degrees with wind chills at times in the 20s. Some clouds around tonight. Wind chills drop into the teens. Overnight low 21. Snow showers return as we start off the weekend. From Severe Weather Center 11, I'm meteorologist Valerie Smock. It's 24 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. More people are being forced from their homes in those monstrous wildfires. They keep growing in Southern California's Ventura County. Mandatory evacuation orders were issued yesterday for Faria Beach and parts of Carpinteria. That's a neighboring Santa Barbara County. Parts of Ojai, Santa Paula, and La Conchita remain under evacuation. The Thomas Fire has burned, uh, burned more than 115,000 acres and has destroyed more than 400 homes and other buildings. Firefighters say they made good progress in the fire yesterday, but it still remains only about 5% contained. Those strong Santa Ana winds are expected to continue today. And the Skirball fire continues to blaze through the upscale Bel Air neighborhood in Southern California. Many celebrities taking to social media to notify friends and family they've been evacuated. Some include Leah Michelle, Chelsea Handler, Paris Hilton, Lionel Richie tweeting out that he was helping family evacuate. And his show last night was canceled as a result of the fires. Serving in the United States Senate has been the great honor of my life. I know in my heart that Nothing I have done as a senator, nothing has brought this honor on, on this institution. And I am confident that the Ethics Committee would agree. Nevertheless, today I am announcing that in the coming weeks, I will be resigning as a member of the United States Senate. That is embattled Senator Al Franken speaking yesterday. He is giving in to calls for him to resign over multiple accusations of sexual misconduct. More than 30 of Franken's Democratic colleagues urged him to resign. Franken defended his legislative record and said he's tried to be a fighter for women. I am proud that during my time in the Senate, I have used my power to be a champion of women and that I have earned a reputation as someone who respects the women I work alongside every day. I know there's been a very different picture of me painted over the last few weeks, but I know who I really am. He also called out other politicians who are not stepping down as a result of allegations of inappropriate sexual behavior on their part. I, of all people, am aware that there is some irony in the fact that I am leaving while a man who has bragged on tape about his history of sexual assault sits in the Oval Office, and a man who has repeatedly preyed on young girls' campaigns for the Senate 
with the, with the full support of his party. Well, this will not be the last we hear from Al Franken. Let me be clear. I may be resigning my seat, but I am not giving up my voice. I will continue to stand up for the things I believe in as a citizen and as an activist. But Minnesotans deserve a senator who can focus with all her energy on addressing the challenges they face every day. It was interesting he said her energy. Is it because he's being replaced by a woman? Oh, that's the speculation. Yeah. I think it's uh, a lot of people have uh, speculated it's going to be the lieutenant governor. I'll tell you what. A woman. I wish uh, I wish he would have waited to get nailed by the ethics commission. And I f- I'm figuring he would have. Something would have happened. What? Otherwise, he wouldn't have stepped down. Uh, that the ethics commission would have been like, uh, dude, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's my guess. Well, I mean, people in his own party were calling for him. Like a lot of them. Know, Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. called him and said, hey, you, you, you got to resign. President, all those guys. Yeah. So it became like a political thing, too, because they want to take the moral high ground right now in this time. I wish he would have waited for the ethics committee and have them take him down so that other senators would be held to the same standard. Like, well, hey, you got to go through the ethics committee now. And then that way there would actually be a process that was put in place for all these dummies. Right. Not leave it up to the person. But he definitely had to go. I mean, there was a lot, you know. Regardless if he's guilty or not, I mean, it's, if you're getting into a conversation and you're fighting about that, then that's, you lost. Right. It's already gone too far. And Arizona Rep. Roy Moore doesn't think so, though. Neither does the Republican Party, apparently. Right. Because they, or the president. Like, yeah. Or the president. Go, Roy. Let's give you some money yeah. to win. Well, didn't, some, didn't a Republican senator step down yesterday? Yes. Representative Trent Franks. Representative, not a senator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, a politician, Representative uh, Trent Franks, is stepping down. NBC News says he decided to resign after staffers reported being uncomfortable about conversations about finding a surrogate mother for him and his wife. So I. This is weird. Yeah, uh, the ethics committee was reportedly p- preparing to investigate him to determine if those con- conversations constituted sexual harassment. I don't know what the conversations were. I don't know how graphic they were, but it seems strange. Yeah, it does. Like, wasn't he saying him and his wife couldn't have kids? Yes, he was looking for a surrogate. And they had multiple miscarriages or something? So, again, I don't know how graphic it got and how uncomfortable it got for people, but... Director Brian Singer being sued over allegations of sexual assault of a teenage boy. A lawsuit filed against the X-Men director claims he raped a 17-year-old boy during a 2003 yacht party. The suit also alleges that Singer threatened the victim by telling him he could hire people to ruin his reputation because he was a powerful Hollywood producer. Uh, He has denied the entirety of the suit. The claims come a few days after Singer was terminated from the Queen biopic. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for allegedly clashing with the lead actor and taking an extended absence from the set. 
A man with connections to Norwegian royalty is accusing actor Kevin Spacey of sexual misconduct. Writer Ari Ben was formerly married to Norwegian Princess Martha Louise. Ben told a Norwegian radio station Thursday that Spacey groped him under a table during a Nobel Peace Prize concert in Oslo 10 years ago. Spacey was co-hosting the concert with Uma Thurman. Ben is the 16th man to accuse Spacey of sexual misconduct. A local gas station is making news in fighting the opioid epidemic by installing blue lights in its bathrooms. Officials in New Kensington say the blue lights at the sheets make it harder for drug users to see their veins. Public restrooms have become a common place for heroin users to shoot up. Sheets worked with New Kensington police to install the blue lights to combat drug use. Westmoreland County says it had 174 deaths, uh, overdose deaths last year, and that number is expected to rise this year. Researchers say close to 50 million Americans could currently be in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease. Researchers at UCLA predict more than 9 million Americans will be clinically diagnosed with Alzheimer's by 2060. The prediction is based on some hard data and a lot of supposition, but the Alzheimer's Association says it is the best estimate of how much Alzheimer's will affect the U.S. in coming years. That study is published in the latest edition of the Journal of the Alzheimer's Association. Well, when you got to go, you got to go. And one Delta Airlines crew definitely got the message. A Saturday flight from New York to Seattle made an emergency landing in Billings, Montana, after the plane's toilet stopped working and passengers just couldn't hold it any longer. The Billings Gazette reports the direct flight diverted hundreds of miles south to Billings for the emergency bathroom stop. Relieved passengers left the plane at a cargo area because a gate was not available. The man who co-wrote songs for The Supremes, Four Tops, and Marvin Gaye is reportedly living as a pauper. Eddie Holland is trying to stop the IRS from taking 15% of his Social Security benefits to pay a $20 million tax debt. Holland's attorney says the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member is in a legal battle over millions of dollars in royalty. He says, though, that Holland no longer receives those royalties because they were given up in business deals over the years. Now he lives just on his Social Security and is trying to hang on to that. Finally, Bob Steger says he's about halfway through his recovery from back surgery. In an interview earlier this week, he said he's itching to get back out on the road, but uh, it's only about on week seven of a three-month recovery. He claims the pain is fairly constant, but says doctors warned him it would be tough. He says he is hoping for a spring return to the tour, which he started back in August, but had to postpone for that surgery. So he had uh, like, like the neck uh, fusion thing, the uh, vertebrae fusion? That's what I thought, but this story says back surgery, so I mean... Pretty again, sure it's cervical it's spine. All related, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because he, in the interview, he talked about the fact that in an effort to protect his voice... They went in from the back, and normally when they do that surgery now, they go in through your throat, through the front. Mm-hmm. And, and, they really? come, and they come around, because for some reason it's, I don't know, it works out better. But, <clears throat> pardon me. So most of the time they go through the, your neck and go around, and then they'll fuse the you know, vertebrae or you know, whatever. I, I don't know if they have. I just pray they fix all that stuff in the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Just figure, out, figure yeah. out a way to have, like, because I don't think they have artificial vertebrae yet. I don't think they put in. Pig vertebrae. Yeah. Or like a plastic one or yeah. something, you titanium. know, like they can put a titanium knee in, but they don't have it for your neck vertebrae yet or your back vertebrae. And uh, us keyboard warriors out there are praying that one day, 
You know, we were talking about, this is a bit of a side note. We talked a little bit yesterday about um, how people's brains are adapting to technology. And I'm wondering how people's bodies are going to be adapting to the new, like, the posture that kids take all the time, well, it's which is their neck. Too. But but the Working kids are body, their bodies are forming. You know, adults are, we're just getting, you know. Deteriorating. Yeah, we're getting crushed by it. <laughs> Which is why I always hold my phone up and everyone thinks I'm taking a picture. I'm like, I'm on, I'm just on Twitter. And they're like, why are you holding it up? And I'm like, because they say you're supposed to. I don't know. This is weird. And I'd rather just have <laughs> neck surgery. But think about it. And people are just all that way to their head, looking straight down all the time on their phone. Also, they're like your arm is firing all those dumb little muscles all the time that it's just not designed to do. I have... A constant pain in like where my neck and my shoulders meet. Yeah. Like in the yeah. muscle. And I yeah, wonder how much of it is associated with. It's all 100% this. Computers and. 100%. Without a doubt. I mean, we're, we all battle that. It, and I, I don't, by all, I mean anybody who sits at a computer all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, you know, there's things you can do. But they always say. It's like carpal tunnel for your neck. It is. Remember, or not remember, but you know how they always say things like, well, every 20 minutes, get up, move around, yeah. blah, blah, Because nobody does that. No. no. And you really need to. When I went to get the um, acupuncture and the cupping, the mm-hmm. lady gave me all these things I should do. She's like, once an hour, you should get up and do these. Never did it once. What are they? Tell me some of them. <laughs> I, the only one I remember is you stand against a wall and press... Like you hold your hands up like at shoulder width and you press to kind of stretch Open up those. your shoulders yeah. and chest a little. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. That's the only one I remember. I just do that. Just How about if we do the show like that? Yeah. <laughs> Clouds and sun today. Going to be another windy cold day. Temperatures in the mid 30s with wind chills in the 20s. It's 24 DVE. It is the DV morning show coming up. Sean Collier talks about... The Disaster Artist. For those of you who don't know, that is the James Franco movie about the worst movie made since Plan 9 from Outer Space, The I Room. I really want to see this. Which is, you know, I'm wondering, if you don't know what The Room is, the Tommy Wiseau horrible movie, will you enjoy this movie? I think you will. We'll ask Sean. Uh, also, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Excited to talk with Alejandro Villanueva. 8.05 today. There was a great article in the paper. Maybe it was it posted today. It was on the internet yesterday. I don't know anymore. Sometimes I don't see articles until later in the day, and I wonder you know, which paper they hit. But uh, Ed Bouchette with a great interview yesterday. We'll uh, continue that discussion with Alejandro Villanueva coming up after 8 o'clock. Know Your Enemy segment, Garrett Downing of Ravens.com. And uh, also, really good band today, Derek Wood's band, in the coffee house, wishing Bob civilization surgery yesterday. What that means for Ryan, what that means for the Steelers Sunday. They, they still have a game to play against the Ravens, and this has got to be hard for this team. Uh, I can't even imagine. Well, and, you know, of course, we'll ask Alejandro Villanueva about that. 8.05 today, he'll be on the show. want to remind you, we've got a pair of t- uh, tickets to give away for the game Sunday, and uh, you'll be on the Bud Light Party Deck with Bill Crawford and a bunch of Steeler fans. And also, the Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week is Sloppy Joe's in Mount Washington, 275 Bud Light bottles during all Steeler games. Sloppy Joe's, that's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. 
Sports is our brought to you by AT&T. The Steelers released a statement yesterday afternoon regarding the status of linebacker Ryan Shazier. It didn't say a whole lot other than that Shazier had surgery on Wednesday night to address his spinal injury, uh, spinal stabilization surgery. And uh, we know that much. Uh, the initial uh, statements on Shazier had said he did not need surgery at this time in the immediate aftermath of his injury, but uh, it's plausible at least that uh, they were waiting for the swelling to go down before they knew exactly what the situation was. So I don't know that uh, this means it's necessarily worse than they thought it was initially. Uh, Seems like it not, is. Not a ton of information right now, and that's probably the way the Shazier family wants it. And uh, well, The Steelers loan everybody else kid. To, just in wait-and-see mode, yeah. I think if it, it the one thing it does is it makes people realize the severity of this. I think that Steeler fans were kind of you know quick to compare just, it to something that didn't have like the Tommy Maddox thing came up almost instantly because that's our frame of reference for for spinal concussions. Um, yeah, and uh, look, there's no definitive. I think there's a big question mark hanging over the whole thing, and just thoughts and prayers and and, and continued. Hope that uh, Ryan Shazier can have a pretty normal life. Yeah, I think one of the things that happens in a, in a situation such as this is media outlets will go to a doctor and say, hey, what does this mean? And unless that guy was on the table operating on him, he or she does not know. Which is why it was irresponsible of Michelle Steele from ESPN yesterday to file that stuff. And then people... people that went all the way around the world. Yeah, people mistakenly thought that was the doctor. And it was a doctor. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not his doctor. It's information that the normal person doesn't have, but it is not necessarily applicable to Ryan Shazier's situation. So, you gotta you gotta understand the context of it and take it for what it's worth. Uh, the Steelers are getting ready for the Ravens on Sunday night, but they are not contemplating a Ryan Shazier return to the field anytime soon. Here's Cam Hayward. That's not a concern right now. Um, I'm worried about Ryan being um, able to be there for his kids. Um, that's you know all you really hope for because this football thing is going to run out anyways. That's the last thing on, the, on, on your mind right now. Yeah, that that a pretty consistent uh, state of affairs throughout the Steeler locker room. Here's Arthur Motes on the same subject. Man, I'm, that's the last thing I'm concerned about, man. After seeing him on the field like that, I just want to see him just walking. You know, that, that was scary to see him, you know, when he rolled over like that on the field. I mean, you saw the way it looked, so, yeah. And last but not least, here's defensive coordinator Keith Butler. All I am is hopeful that he gets well. I'm not worried about him playing for us again. I'm more, more worried about him. And so uh, I think uh, y'all been updated as much as we have, so – you know, the thing that, we, that we're hopeful for and prayerful for, that, that he comes back and he's going to be okay. The football stuff is secondary. Uh, his life is a lot more important to me than football. Arthur Motes is playing inside linebacker this week. He told us that uh, these are the first inside linebacker reps in a non-scout team situation that he's had in his career with the Steelers. He did play inside linebacker with the Bills as well as outside linebacker before coming to the Steelers. So uh, it's not completely foreign to him. Keith Butler said that the linebacker positions are pretty similar, believe it or not, the way the Steelers uh, scheme up their defense. So he doesn't think – Butler doesn't think it's going to be a major uh, 
shift for Moats. Uh, he thinks Moats ought to be able to handle it. Sean Spence is back. That has he, not always been the case, though. The, the linebacker sort of uh, malleability. That was the word I was going to use, actually. But yeah. yeah. Um, Moats said in particular the pass drops are very similar now. It's just understanding when to do it and when not to. Isn't it crazy sometimes when you see T.J. Watt 20 yards downfield, 30 yards downfield. Yeah. You're like, dude, how did... Covering Jordy how, Nelson. How did you get down there? And, you know, you see him and or Bud Dupree in the middle a lot. Uh, they're kind of all over the place, right. particularly in the sub-package stuff. So, Did uh, Chicolo get reps at, at inside linebacker in that last game, Mike? It seemed like he did. I mean, when I was watching it back, I, cu- I couldn't tell. He was on the field. A bunch. Oh, he's definitely on the field. Um, I didn't see him at inside. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I didn't notice it if it did. Right. Um Arthur Motes also said he thinks that uh, the current state of affairs means that James Harrison gets a helmet. Break glass. You know, with Motes being inside now, to keep the depth at outside, James Harrison will uh, maybe get some reps. And, uh, He's knows? been in Flacco's face a couple of times. Well, and, and Baltimore, they're, uh, they're 12th rushing, and I think they're 31st passing. So, Got to stop the run. Got to stop the run. And even the Ravens are down two starters on the offensive line, but they have been down those guys long enough now. Uh, Marshall Yanda and Alex Lewis, they've been out a long time, so their line is kind of stabilized. Uh, They're playing better. Um, As far as the uh, participation yesterday, uh, Mike Mitchell was uh, a full participant for the second day in a row, so that's encouraging. Tight end Vance McDonald, full participant, second day in a row. No Tyler Matikavich for the second day in a row, so uh, don't count on him uh, helping out Dirty Red Sunday night. It's hurty red. It's probably another reason why mm-hmm. Arthur Motes is playing inside rather than outside. A couple guys added to the practice report yesterday. Antonio Brown toe did not participate. TJ Watt knee limited participation. Steelers and the Ravens coming up Sunday night. At Heinz Field. Uh, Some other Steelers news. Cam Hayward uh, has been announced as the Steelers nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's given annually to recognize an NFL player for outstanding community service activities off the field as well as excellence on the field. That's uh, a big deal in NFL circles. I don't know if if people appreciate the Walter Payton Man of the Year or not, but it's a big deal among the players. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, a great honor for Cam Hayward and... uh, Dare we say well-deserved. Cam Hayward does it right. Uh, I don't think it's daring to say that at all. On and off. uh, Well, I I didn't want to slight anybody else. They they have a lot of guys that are in the community and doing good charitable works. But uh, Cam Hayward, he's a a presence uh, in and out of the game. I got real frustrated talking to somebody who was trying to compare hockey players to football players and just you know there's there's an attitude of, of out there right now where people have like you know what I'm done with football for whatever reason anthem injuries They're all entitled uh, yeah. spoiled yeah and this person said to me and I said well why do you like hockey players you know why do you like hockey better than football and one of the things that she said was she's like well you know they just do more in the community and I was thinking oh yeah, I, you no, know I told no. I said the Steelers have an enormous presence in, in in the charitable community. And you know how you don't want to leave your house on a Tuesday night? These guys do. They do. And they got beat up really bad on Sunday. The last thing they want to do is go out there a lot of times. They're hanging uh, out at Children's Hospital. 
Yeah, they're they're giving food to people that are in shelters. I mean, they're doing everything. But leading the way for those guys has been Cam Hayward since he got here. Yeah, Arthur Motes is uh, oh, he's exceptional center as well. Yeah, um, Penguins uh, hosted the Islanders last night at PPG Paints Arena. They were up three to one in the third period. That lead got away late, but uh, on Star Wars night, the force was with them in overtime. On it is Hunwick. Hunwick, what a beautiful pass by Halak to set that. Chance up. Here goes the rush now. Walking in on goal. He tries to beat a lock. He stopped him cold. Rebound score. The Penguins in front. It's Matt Hunwick who finds the biscuit and feeds it behind a lock. The Penguins winning in overtime. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Matt Hunwick, the game winner. Yeah, it was 3-3 three, three, three going into OT, and the next goal was going to win, so you might say that the Fourth was with the Penguins. Let's look at that. See what he there he is. Did you see Potash interviewing Mike Sullivan? I did not. Potash was, I don't know what character he was dressed because I don't watch, I've only watched like the first two Star Wars. He had a red face with like black and a hood on. Darth and, Maul? I, I don't know. Doesn't he look like that all the time? But it was him <laughs> next to Mike Sullivan. Thanks, Darth. <laughs> It was uh, <laughs> it was funny. Pens have uh, Toronto at the PPG Paints Arena on Saturday night. And if you want a hockey fix tonight, number 18, Penn State, and Robert Morris at the home of the Penguins. That's uh, 7.05. Puck drop. You can't make it down. We've got it on ESPN Pittsburgh. It's a good college game tonight, Bell. You should come. Um, She's got something. Actually, I don't think I have something tonight. Maybe. Val will actually go. Yeah, we would go. Maybe I'll see what the hubby's up to. Yeah. They're big hockey supporters. They're they're big athletic supporters. <laughs> to make an old, old, I, old, old joke. That's why I asked Val about one of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Bill and I will be binge-watching a Netflix show that you think's <laughs> less than manly. No, I got, Ser- <laughs> I, got, I got Serena to agree to watch Game of Thrones with me again. Ooh. Ooh, did you start that yet? Or? I haven't. Tonight's but I'm, I'm very excited to start that, yeah. I'm doing a little uh, Mad Men redo. That's a good one. Boy, it's so... The good thing about Mad In this Men, climate... <laughs> yeah, All exactly. those guys are fired. You just, you just turn on the news. <laughs> In that climate. For the sexual harassment or just for the drunk at work thing? Um, both. Really, both. Either. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. <laughs> We're going to talk about a uh, sad music anniversary today. That's coming up. And I uh, also want to give people details on our annual Christmas tree sale tomorrow in case uh, you missed that. Christmas party is this coming Wednesday night. Uh, that's a hell of a list. Greg Allman, Tom Petty, David Bowie to start the year. Lost a lot of rock icons in 2017. We'll remember. Did Friday die this year or was that last year? It was this year. Pretty sure. Lord. I can't believe. I can't believe David Bowie was this year. Wait, was Prince this year? Yeah. Mm, No. Prince was not this year, was he? Sure. Are you sure? Yeah. David Bowie was like January 2nd or something like that. Like, it was really early in the year. Uh, Might have been. Man, that seems like last year. April 2016 was Prince. I thought it was this year. No. April April 21st, 2016. Date of death. Yeah, I, th- I thought I thought that was last year. I'm thinking maybe Glenn Fry might have been a long time ago too. When was Glenn? David Bowie, January 10th, 2016. Yeah, it was on his birthday. 
2016. So that was 2016. Right. Yep. said, "Come on, am I frozen in time?" Chris yes. Cornell did die this year. Glenn Fry, January 18th, 2016. All right, but Elvis died this year. <laughs> That's correct. Um, Elvis, yeah. Val has news coming up next. God, I can't believe I'm that no, screwed up did, with she it. She did. She did the news last year, man. Son of a. Valerie? Yes, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, we're going to talk about uh, stats about being hangry. Hmm. If you don't know what hangry is, well, I guess I'll tell you. Come know up. it. I wrote How about it. when you're slangry? Well, I don't have stats on that, but it's probably the same. Sleepy and angry? Mm-hmm. Hangry? Oh, I get that. I, I feel like a little kid who needs a nap sometimes. Yep. Just so... <laughs> Yesterday. Ah! Yesterday I was pulling into the gym and some lady was just like on her phone, not driving paying attention, like driving like a dummy. And she like made a huge turn and came into my lane. And if I hadn't been paying attention, you know, I, I would have we would have run right into each other. And I slowed down and saw what she was doing. My reaction to that was so over the top in my car, which if anybody would have seen it, it would have been like, you know, somebody swatting a bee. You don't see the bee. <laughs> you, you know, you just see somebody losing their mind right. in their car. And that was me just <laughs> hands in the air and everything. And that was when I realized I'm like, I should probably, uh, should probably just keep, keep, keep my head down and go straight in there. And just did you both have to go into the same gym? No, she's like, going uh, the opposite direction. Oh. Because that would have been fun. But I took out, like, you know, a whole afternoon's worth of being <laughs> tired on her. <laughs> Just Homer Simpson did like an idiot. Uh, Ryan Chazier, uh, the injury, <laughs> we're still trying to find out the, the, the extent of what's going on there. And uh, spinal stabilization. Spinal. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I didn't mean to bring this up while yeah, we're I was being goofy. At, that you're... What a moron I am? Yeah. No, no, no. I was thinking about I did kind of the same thing. I was somebody... You know when you're on Cochrane Road and you're approaching Beverly? Yes. How yeah. it gets so jammed oh, up there. And there's a congested. side road that people come out, like from St. Clair Hospital area. Mm -hmm. So I waited because traffic. Scrub grass. I don't know what That's it is. It. I waited because traffic was backing up. So one guy pulls out, and then another woman pulls out from the side street. And they just clog it up. And she had an out-of-state license plate. She doesn't know. And I was like, what? Go back to Arkansas. That's not how we do it here. I like doing the, the passive aggressive like inch up to their car and just just make her very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> just to let you know you're the last one getting through. And you barely did. And I immediately thought, Oh, you're being such an idiot. Why are I, you freaking Meanwhile, out? like they rented a car to come up here to visit their family member in the hospital. Right, yeah. Something awful. Yeah, that's right. It's right around the corner of the <laughs> you hospital. Know what I mean? But isn't it funny, though, when you're not in that mood and like you're in a good mood and you're dealing with traffic just fine. But there's somebody who isn't. And you're so judgmental about that person, even though you've been that person a hundred <laughs> oh, yeah. times. You're like, look at that guy freaking out over there. What a moron. Relax, buddy. Nothing's that important. <laughs> he doesn't have it together like me. <laughs> Don't you wish you could take control of somebody else's radio and just come in on their in their car? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> just, just start have a screaming horn. at them. License plates should be phone numbers. <laughs> How's my driving? <laughs> Go back to Arkansas. <laughs> Alejandro Villanueva will be on the show at 805. My mom wanted to name me Fern. 
<laughs> yeah, I think very nice That's plant, not pal. A lie. Not not in a lot of maintenance. Actually, you could easily be a fern. And I, you I wonder th- where yeah. my nature right. thing comes from. I think Hank might be better. I don't want to put down all the ferns in the world. Oh wait, there are no ferns in the world. What what is fern short for? Fern. <laughs> There's Fern just, is it's not, not Fernita no. or Fernita. Fernifer, no. Or Fernicious. <laughs> Ooh. It's, I might be vile it's and just, Fernicious. I like that. It's just Fern. Just Fern. That could just be the name Fern. of your talk show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Fern. It's between just between two Ferns. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Maybe it was show. short for Fernicular. Maybe. <laughs> You're named after an incline. Fernifer. Not sure. Fernetta. Uh, Fern Porter with your news right now on DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Mix of sun and clouds as we go through the day today. It is going to be breezy and cold. We top out at 35 degrees with wind chills at times in the 20s. Some clouds around tonight. Wind chills drop into the teens. Overnight low 21. Snow showers return as we start off the weekend. From Severe Weather Center 11, I'm meteorologist Valerie Smock. The DVE, the news is brought to us by McDonald's. I'm loving it. Let's start the news with something good. A Uniontown restaurant owner is giving back to the community in the spirit of the holidays. Gary Nicklau called Marshall Elementary School on Monday to ask the total of all the outstanding lunch balances at the school. The principal told him it was $700, and minutes later, he dropped off a check. Students are never denied lunch at the school, but those who can't afford it will accumulate a bill that must be paid before they graduate. That's wonderful. And now back to the awful stuff. One disgraced politician I left out of the 6 o'clock news. Uh, The House Ethics Committee is impaneling a subcommittee to investigate Texas Congressman Blake Farenthold amid allegations of sexual harassment and gender discrimination. The committee released a statement saying over the past few weeks, more information has been disclosed about the nature of the settlements between the parties. According to a story on Politico, Farenthold paid out $84,000 from that taxpayer-funded account to pay victims of inappropriate sexual behavior. And by the way, according to a story on CNN.com, that fund has paid out $17 million to those victims since it was created wow. back in the 90s. Is it? Is it? Am I the only one who's doing this now? Like with, with all of these bombs dropping and all these guys getting outed and all this kind of stuff, I know it's supposed to go through the courts and there's going to be ethics investigations and all this, but I just eye a guy up and I'm like, yep. He's guilty. He looks like a creeper. There was two pictures of that guy that made him particularly creepy. Uh, the one where he was at some, it's been widely circulated. He's at some like pajama party. And he's a big fella. Uh, and uh, his and also he was at a pajama party. Yeah, and he's at a pajama you know, that's party. A, that's a dead giveaway. With like some lingerie models like hanging out with him or something. He's not a handsome fella. And he's got like like this greasy, weird, curly hair. And then it's juxtaposed with him, like, at the Capitol. And he's like, that hair that was, like, greasy and curly is now, like, a comb over, straight over. Like, it's just a weird one, too. It's like the Jekyll and Hyde of Blake Farenthold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just looks like the he looks like yeah, okay. the jerk guy in every 80s fraternity movie. <laughs> yep. Who's trying to get the cool frat kicked off a of campus. Right. 
And Larry Nasser, the Olympic gymnastics team doctor who's been accused of multiple counts of abusing gymnasts like Allie Raceman, Gabby Douglas, and Michaela Maroney, is going to prison for the next 60 years. The doctor was sentenced yesterday after pleading guilty to possessing a massive collection of child porn consisting of more than 37,000 images on multiple computers. He also admitted to attempting to destroy hard drives after learning he was being investigated. Many of the athletes wrote scathing letters to the judge in the case, including Maroney, who said, Larry Nasser abused my trust. He abused my body and he left scars on my psyche that will never go away. He'll be sentenced for those crimes at a separate hearing in January. I hope he goes to jail for life. He, he How many kids' lives he ruined? Yep. Israel is bracing as Hamas calls for a day of rage today following President Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. The organization is encouraging Palestinians to send a message with all available means to Israel following prayers today. The message called for the people of Palestine to declare rage day against Israel and deny the U.S. plan to move its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and recognize the holy city as Israel's capital. Hamas said the move by the U.S. crosses a red line. UPS is warning shoppers of holiday delivery delays at the start of the season. A spokesman said it rented more trucks and employees are working extra hours this week. The company is working to clear a backlog of Black Friday and Cyber Monday orders. It also suggests following an extra day or two, or allowing rather, an extra day or two for delivery. UPS is a contract carrier for major retailers, including Walmart, Macy's, and Amazon. Well, brownies just when you need them. Moon Cycle Bakery is a woman-run bakery out of Olympia, Washington, and has created a subscription service so women can be treated to chocolate delights at the exact time of the month they need them the most. According to their website, quote, we know this time of the month can be challenging, but we also know this time offers enhanced creativity, a stronger connection to our intuition, and an opportunity to shed layers, both literally and figuratively. And that calls for a celebration, end quote. Each month, treats arrive that are designed to not only taste good, but also contain ingredients to nourish what your body is craving in a healthy way. All you have to do is sign up for a subscription, fill out a profile of your flavor, likes, dislikes, and allergies, and, of course, the most important information, your cycle dates of the month. Uh, and, by the way, a side note, today is National Brownie Day. This will, of course, allow Google to begin tracking your cycle along with everything else about you. Yes. i, I got to get Serena to sign up for that so I can find out her cycle dates. Get a notification on your phone. You're <laughs> ovulating. Would you like Ooh. to look at some Lifetime original movies? Or stay out of the house this week. <laughs> <laughs> and New Yorkers are hangry. A new poll by Snickers has revealed New York New Yorkers are not happy when they're hungry. In fact, the nationwide poll found that New York is the hangriest state, with 72% of New York respondents saying, yes, they get angry or in a mood when they're hungry. The highest percentage of any state, but people in Wisconsin were the least hangry. Uh, they also found the peak hangar time for Americans is Monday at 2.15 p.m. Good snack sure. and nap time. Uh, yeah. Women were more likely than men to be grumpy when they're hangry, 70% versus 52%. More men admitted they had done something when hangry they later regretted. I guess in general, probably men make more regretful decisions. <laughs> uh, 75% of Americans yeah. feel hangry at times. And hangriness was most likely to hit people when they had a bad day, when they were kept late at work, or they were waiting to be served food at a restaurant. And uh, finally, in music news, a sad anniversary to note today. Remaining, John Smith, 
is on the line, and I don't care what's on the line, Howard, you have got to say what we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. Hard to go back to the game after that news flash, which in duty found we have to take. Frank? Indeed it is. Third and six. It's like, oh, God, these guys still have to call I a know. whole game? Yeah, John Lennon gunned down uh, this day, December 8th, 1980. He was shot as he returned home to his luxury apartment building on New York City's Upper West Side. The shooter was 25-year-old Mark David Chapman, who remains in prison at the Attica Correctional Facility near Buffalo, New York. Clouds and sun, uh, windy and cold today. Temperatures only going to be in the mid-30s, mid-20s overnight tonight. It's 25 at DVE. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine is with us right now. And the new movie, The Disaster Artist, is out, and a lot of people are talking about... Uh, this one for James Franco because uh, well he I feel like he's kind of come out of the other side there were a lot of people who thought he was being this pretentious mm-hmm. sort of uh, you know pseudo artiste you know, yeah exactly yeah. purposely and, bohemian <laughs> you know right a, sort of an affected aesthetic and now he is uh, being lauded as you know what this guy's doing some really good stuff and this was one of them uh, that, that was getting a lot of advanced praise the disaster artist and uh, it, it is out uh, today with a lot of hype, particularly around Franco's performance. Uh, the Disaster Artist is about the making of the movie The Room. If you're not familiar with The Room, uh, I heard one quote once that, that came close to explaining it. Uh, the Room is like a movie made by an alien who has never seen a movie but has had movies thoroughly explained to him. That's the room. <laughs> That's great. The best thing you can do, and I don't just mean the best thing you can do before you see the disaster artist, I mean literally the best thing you can do in life is go to a crowded midnight screening of the room and experience it for yourself. And by the way, they're doing that tonight and tomorrow night at the Manor in Squirrel Hill. You oh, can see, awesome. uh, see the room tonight and tomorrow night at midnight. If you can't make it, uh, I believe there's a clip. Here's the basic experience of watching The Room in 20 seconds. Okay, hold on a second. Highlights, if you will. So, sorry, I moved it around and then forgot where it was. Here's the the supercut of highlights from The Room. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. Anyway, how is your sex life? You are tearing me apart, Lisa! And that's the one. You're tearing me apart, Lisa, is right. really the, the the most off-quoted line from that. And that's it's like a, Stella from, yes. uh, well, from A Streetcar Named Desire. Tommy Wiseau is very inspired by James Dean. In fact, that's a James Dean line. I think it's in Giant. He yells... Uh, and of course, I'm conflating James Dean and Marlon Brando there. Never mind that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm ter- uh, you're tearing me apart is stolen, I think, from Giant. Uh, 
Tommy no, no, Wiseau. you're tearing me apart. Is rebel without a cause. is rebel without a cause. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Uh, Tommy Wiseau is the mysterious writer, director, actor, producer behind the room. You heard him there. Uh, the book, The Disaster Artist, is written by one of the co-stars of the room, Greg Sestero. It's all about his relationship with Tommy Wiseau. James Franco plays him in The Disaster Artist. He directed the movie. Sestero is played by James Franco's brother, Dave. Because movies from the Rogan, Goldberg, Franco camp are frat houses with cameras. But Franco's <laughs> performance is perfect. His imitation is unbelievable. He sounds exactly like him. He sounds, you know, he nails this accent, the speech pattern, just the way he carries himself. It's a very, very dedicated performance. He's great. The only problem with The Disaster Artist, it's all about Tommy and Greg. It's about their, their bromance, right? And that's kind of the least interesting thing about The Room. It had to be in the book because that's the way that the story's framed. But the thing that you want to know when you're talking about The Room is why Tommy Wiseau is the weirdest dude alive. Right. <laughs> no one knows where he's from, how old he is, where his seemingly endless supply of money comes from, how he owns storefronts throughout California, why he has an accent found nowhere else on earth, and whether or not he's actually a vampire. No one knows the answer <laughs> to any of that. It's all very, very interesting. But this is Seth Rogen's in this. It is the Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen team, all of those guys. That has to be about bro friendship because that's what all of their movies are about. Yes. Super bad, Pineapple Express, funny people. This is the end. The night before, Neighbors. The interview was about a bromance between James Franco and Kim Jong-un. Even 50-50 was about cancer and also bros. We've seen <laughs> these guys explore manly friend time so much. I just didn't want to see it again, especially with so much great stuff to cover uh, with the topic being the room. All of that said... It's still very, very funny. Again, the performance is great. If you do appreciate The Room, just seeing it, seeing them present what it must have been like to film those scenes is incredibly entertaining. And my favorite thing about The Disaster Artist, both the film and the book, the more ridiculous a plot point is, the more likely it is to be true. You know, a lot of like, oh, it's based on a true story. When something outlandish happens, that's what they made up for the movie. This is the opposite. In this movie, when something <laughs> normal happens, that's what they had to make up. When there's a ridiculous gag, like this is just an example. The, uh, uh, the character, Mark, in the room. Uh, now, Wiseau was really inspired by the movie The Talented Mr. Ripley and was a big fan of Matt Damon. So wanted to name a character after him. So he named the character Mark after Matt Damon. I will explain. Despite being a dedicated and diehard fan of Matt Damon, Tommy just thought Matt Damon's name was Mark and never bothered to check. That is Mark kind, Damon. That's the kind of detail you and will get in The Disaster Artist, and it's all true. Huge fan of Bart Affleck as well. Yeah, big, big all fan right, of so Bart. So if you've never seen <laughs> The Room, is The Disaster Artist a good movie? I think if you've never seen The Room... Uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be ridiculous. It will certainly pique your curiosity to see the room. But this is much more for a fan of this whole little cult than, right. than for the average person. So you would recommend seeing the room and then seeing the disaster artist Absolutely. and not doing it inverted. Absolutely. And with people, if you can, I'd go to the manor tonight or tomorrow night, see the room. And then uh, sometime in the next week, go see the disaster artist. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine. When we come back, Mike Pursuta sports an update on Ryan Shazier's condition. Also, 
Dave Damashek from the NFL Network and Alejandro Villanueva is joining us at 8.05 here on the DVE Morning Prince. All right, Mike Pursuit with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. The Steelers announced yesterday afternoon that linebacker Ryan Shazier had undergone spinal stabilization surgery on Wednesday night. Uh, Not much more information than that is known publicly at present, but uh, the Steelers were aware before that announcement that uh, Ryan Shazier wouldn't be playing this Sunday against Baltimore. They've got a game to play as they... Continue to hope and, and pray that everything works out for Ryan Shazier. They've got to deal with the Ravens on Sunday night at Heinz Field. And toward that end, uh, they are exploring their options at inside linebacker without Ryan Shazier. Here's defensive coordinator Keith Butler. We got some guys, you know, that we're putting in there. We brought Spence back. Spence knows the, the, the uh, system pretty well. Uh, I had him when he was here. He'd been gone for about three years. We changed some stuff, but uh, he picks it up pretty fast. Very sharp young man. Uh, Arthur Motes is uh, playing the other inside linebacker too, so both of those guys uh, might end up sharing the duty. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to say much about it because I don't want to tell them what we're doing. Arthur Motes has played uh, inside linebacker previously, but he hasn't done it with the Steelers. Not with the defense, not with our defense. I mean, I've done like scout team stuff, but you know, this is definitely the first week of like official inside stuff. So yeah, this is the way I look at it. I mean, it's a big puzzle, you know. So once you understand from a cover standpoint where everybody is going to be at, it makes it a lot easier. Um, there are little differences as far as like footwork and where your eyes are and things like that, but from a cover standpoint, a lot of the stuff is going to be similar with the drops. You just have to know which drop you're supposed to be doing at what particular time. Arthur Motes played some inside linebacker as well as outside linebacker with the Bills before he came to the Steelers. Sean Spence was once a highly regarded draft pick of the Steelers. Then he suffered uh, a terrible knee injury in his rookie training camp. He missed his first two seasons, uh, played uh, a little bit with the Steelers. Then he was with Tennessee in 2016 and the Colts for three games this season. So uh, he has played a little football this year. And uh, since he's played a little football this year, he still feels like he's reasonably up to speed. So I feel like I'm in the flow of things. Uh, obviously, not playing football is hard to, to you know replicate that with uh, workouts and stuff. But you know I've been doing the best of my abilities, and uh, I should be ready to go Sunday. And the magnitude of the game, you know, it's, it's going to be an easy game to get up for, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. What's it like going from the couch to the middle of the pennant race? I'm happy, man. You know, a team that's ten and two, a team that drafted me, and. Uh, you know, I'm familiar with everyone here. You know, it felt like a, a big reunion when I got back, a big family reunion. And uh, I couldn't be more happy and more blessed. Bill, were you at that Heinz Field practice with yes, me, I his was. rookie training camp, when he made an interception that people still talk about? Yep. Climbed a ladder. It looked like he jumped 50 inches in the air. Yeah, he was a third-round pick out of the U and uh, all the potential in the world. Then he just wasn't the same player after all the knee issues. But Oh, he shredded his knee. He's got a chance now to be a, a significant, impactful contributor. People were raving about him back then. And, I mean, you know, talk about a, a similar kind of thing in terms of his injury was so serious, there was nerve damage, and, and doctors said, you might not walk the same. And that guy made it all the way back. It took him two years to get back on the field, correct? Yeah. Pretty easy guy to root for. And uh, we'll see what he's got uh, against the Ravens on Sunday. You know, another element of uh, Ryan Shazier's injury 
uh, everyone, or, well, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people in the game have been down this road before. Something has happened to someone that they know, someone they played with. They've, they've been exposed to this kind of horrific injury and, and these uh, incredibly uh, terrifying consequences, uh, potentially. Uh, every, everybody has stared this stuff in the face before. Uh, Keith Butler talked about that yesterday. It started with uh, Sean's dad, the inimitable Gene Collier, asking defensive coordinator Keith Butler if tackling was any different today than it used to be. And uh, eventually Keith Butler got around to talking about why they play the game. It's always been the same, man, in, uh, you know, in terms of tackling and, and uh, trying to uh, have proper technique and stuff like that and, and to keep yourself healthy. Yeah, I was. Uh, I played with a guy down in, in Memphis when I was in college, and uh, he ran down on a kickoff, and he ducked his head and hit somebody with the top of his head, and it broke his neck. And he was paralyzed from the uh, neck down the rest of his life. So, you know, you see something like that, you don't want to. You don't want to wish that on anybody. That's certainly not the case with Ryan, as I understand it. But uh, the the thing that uh, that you are you're always concerned about is uh, uh, serious injury uh, playing this game. But to me, if I had to do it over again, I would still play it. Uh, at, at these stakes, I would still play it. And I think if you asked every guy in that locker room, as, as knowing the stakes uh, and the possibilities at hand, they would still play this game. All of them would. And uh, because the game is so much fun and it, it beats the heck out of working for a living. It does. It's interesting because uh, I think everybody would agree with Keith, Keith Butler that the sentiment in the locker room is we know the costs. We we want to do this anyways. Yeah, willingly. Mike, they just... Mike Mitchell made some great points in his uh, rant, soliloquy, however you view it. He uh, says it wasn't a rant, by the way, but I, I think it was. Well, it was well, a talk. I think it was, it was a, a TED talk. The reason I think it was a rant is because he caught himself in the middle of it and he, and he goes, Obviously, I'm a little bit upset right now. Or yeah. like, there's <laughs> a little point. flustered. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, all right. I think I, I might have just gone over the uh, the line. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about that is, um, you don't have to change the game to the point where it's unrecognizable to improve the chances of these guys getting out of this and having a normal life after the fact. Uh, Ryan Shazier's injury occurred on a routine play that had nothing to do with a hit outside of the lines of the rules or anything that could have happened at any point uh, of any NFL season right. in the last you know fifty years. It was just unfortunate. Yeah, and, and you just you never know. But, I mean, like you said that was a simple routine play. Keith Butler's buddy was oh, okay. Let's go cover a kickoff for the Memphis Tigers, and I'm playing college ball in the blink of an eye. But that's not going to make any of those guys go, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. They know there's the chance of that lightning striking. But if the game had devolved to the point where they were allowing um, headshots and they weren't protecting people and they were making it so that it did become dangerous, then I could see people looking at that as a reason for, you know what, I don't know that they have my best interest. I don't know if this is for me. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe, and it would stop them way before they got to the NFL level. Way before, certainly improve the odds. But to Mike Mitchell's point, you there's on the flip side of the injury and those kinds of freak accidents. 
there's a chance to change your family legacy. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a trade off uh, for for some of them is they hope to get good enough to be able to make that sort of grand trade off. You know. Yeah. Just maybe think about this the next time you watch a game and somebody screws up and you say, ah, oh, they're so overpaid. No, they're not. When we come back, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network and then Alejandro Villanueva, Villanueva joining us at 8.05 here on DVE. Yeah. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now from the NFL Network to get you ready for Steelers, Ravens, the real rivalry game. It's Dave Damashek, ladies and gentlemen, on yeah. DVE. Dave, what say you, sir? My heart is conflicted right now. Because I have a lot of things going. I know it's been another nice, quiet week at uh, at Steelers HQ. But for me, I have, uh, you know, first let's say this. Bengals, let's rearview mirror for one second here. Stop calling it a rivalry. No more <laughs> rivalry talk. The definition of rivalry is two competing forces looking for superiority in the same field. How about on the same literal field? We do it in Cincinnati. We do it in Heinz Field. And almost every single time, and certainly in every game of significance between the two teams, one team wins. It is a hammer and a nail. No more talk <laughs> about the bum bangles. They are our amusement, dangerous though they are. Now let's put them in the rearview mirror and look at our real rivalry, the greatest rivalry in pro, um, in pro football, perhaps even all of pro sports, here in the 21st century, let's get it on. Come on, Flacco. Steelers versus the world. What did you think about what Mike Mitchell had to say yesterday? You know, the the the, the clapback. Well, that's probably not the right word. But the uh, blowback. Uh, maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's the right. No, that, yeah, that, back yeah. word. Uh, from uh, everything that happened on uh, Monday night, seemed to be that the the game needs a makeover. We need to change it to save it for the children. Mike well, Mitchell was having none of that. It's a violent game. I, we all know it. It. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm conflicted about that legitimately. I think it's the right thing. I, I understand that you don't, uh, the, the head traumas and all that, to try and clean it up. Absolutely. I think that I, I legitimately think, to uh, rather than give you a glib answer, I think the real you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, legitimately. I think that that is the way to regard it. You know, that as though the world became aware that there is definitive proof that head trauma owed the football um, needs to be addressed. Okay, so that started. Yeah, but I'm all right ago. with that. Like, we're, they're doing that. They are taking measures to protect the players. I still think they have a ways to go, particularly with the with the uh, on-field assessment when guys are allowed back into games or don't immediately go That's get right. – you know, there's some headshots where, you know, I can't remember who it was, the backup quarterback. Last, for, last year, Matt Moore yeah, that, got absolutely pulverized by Bud Dupree, was out for one play, came right back in. And I always forget how the hockey concussion protocol differs from the NFL in terms of a hit that happens during the game. And if they reach for their head immediately, if that's a signifier. I mean, the the refs got to do a better job. But, Dave, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It doesn't have to be either the game is barbaric and everyone just beats each other into a paralyzed or catatonic state, or it's flag football. That doesn't have to be the case. It can be we can protect the players. That's my point. It can still be a brutal game. That's my point. 
Right. The point that I'm trying to make is is that there that, that the rules around that have to be a little more nuanced on the field at the time that they're happening. Yeah, you know, if you can review other things, I don't want the games to be four and a half hours either. But if there's one issue that uh, that deserves a little bit of extra focus, it's all that nuanced kind of stuff. Like, uh, is he targeting him? You can evaluate that to some degree by looking at replays and everything. You know, I, I, I think that's what it comes down to is take a look at it. You know, the juju hit, we can go back and forth about that. I don't, I, I don't care what uh, um, Troy Vincent says. Clearly it was the taunting thing. And uh, if you put it yes. uh, lined up with the Aloka hit, if you say – hey, we're trying to send a message to you two teams. Not rivals, mind you, but the you two teams that play each other uh, twice a year now. Hey, um, you guys talk before the game about how this crosses a line and it's about trying to hurt each other and all that kind of stuff. You then can't actually go out on the field and be seen trying to injure each other. <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to penalize two guys and send a message going forward to you. But then when they – Remove the one game suspension from Aloka. It is hard for me for me to fathom how uh, Juju is still sitting this one out against the Ravens. But either way, I will say this, and legitimately, the the conflict is this. I mean, obviously, the Shazier stuff is just awful, and best to him. And obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt. But you guys know, I'm sure better than I do, even. But what a, I mean, just a lovely guy, just a, a lovely and sweet mm-hmm. guy with oh, yeah. a great sense of humor who. Who loves his little uh, his baby, and you know he's just just a, a, a delightful fellow. So all the best to him. But the thing, the conflict as a football fan is, I mean, you can't lie and say you didn't love if, as a Steelers fan in the second half, twenty six just taking the dignity away from the Bengals secondary. I mean, over and over and over again, it was it was it, it was on the, it was sort of. Uh, it was vigilant on 26's part. He was, you know, he was he he was uh, Bronson in, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, taking it into his own hands. Like step out of bounds? No. Oh, Bengals defenders, you're going to hit me. Wait, I'll save you the favor. I'm going to hit you. That was, I mean, that was very satisfying given the oh, context yeah. of the game as he was trucking those guys over and over and over again and reminding the Bengals who the boss of the division is, or certainly who owns that head-to-head series in uh, a year after year after year. So, I, yeah, so it is, uh, it is um, uh, bemusing at least. But listen, so to <laughs> the matter at hand, a, a double bill coming up in Heinz Field to beat the band for all the time here, starting off with them birdies. I love that you're referring to Le'Veon Bell as Bronson in Death Wish versus the Bengals. Because, you know, they, they're they a team that has taken him out in the past, so he's on the offensive. I mean, it was seek and destroy. I mean, the, there were there were several plays. I mean, on the uh, fourth and inches when he abs- – I mean, poor <laughs> Drake or Patrick, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> will have nightmares forever about 26. I mean, do you remember in Heinz Field earlier this year, Drake or Patrick was on the wrong end of that stiff arm oh. by Levian Bell. The nastiest stiff arm I think I've ever seen this side of Larry Zonka in the mid-70s. Yep. Uh, he blew him up in Heinz Field. Then they go out to Cincinnati, and on fourth and inches, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was like me trying to tackle Le'Veon Bell. It was humiliating. <laughs> then that swing pass out to Le'Veon Bell out to the left when he sort of slowed down for a second in space 
and you couldn't see watching on TV who was on the other end, but you could feel he, he slowed down, gathered himself, and then went full speed ahead. And you just know there were a couple of Cincinnati uh, DBs back there like, not me! Get the other guy! Go get me! You know, it really had that feel. And then the filth at the end. Don't tell me that, that, that Boswell isn't right. Clearly the Bengals guy on special teams. Look, look at the replay. He kicks at Boswell's foot. I mean, it's just dirty stuff out there. It's dirty stuff. That's the NFL. Dirty stuff. Well, it's not going to be a pillow fight on Sunday night. No, indeed. And there's no juju. And, of course, uh, there won't be 50. And, uh, and you know, there won't be Hayden. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. The Ravens are, are tracking towards the postseason, much to my chagrin. Oh, yes. They don't want that, obviously. They're, they're going to wind up in there. And with that defense, it's, it's going to be ugly. It is worth noting Jimmy Smith has been their best uh, their best uh, guy in pass D, uh, well, at least this side of Terrell Suggs. He's out for the year, so maybe that uh, loosens things up for Martavis to, to do something or for uh, Antonio Brown. And has been pointed out many times on this show, he got the, uh, um, uh, the drug suspension concurrent with his injury. I know, covers it up. Yeah, people will not uh, demonize him as a result for that, but... Uh, yeah, you know, by the way, I mentioned Antonio Brown, and for all the Carson Wentz or Tom Brady or uh, Russell Wilson talk, what about Antonio Brown for MVP? It's not just the gaudy, insane, historic numbers. How about when he's been doing it? Go oh, yeah. back through the season, all the way back to the Cleveland game in week one and the, and the clutch nature of the catches he's been making all through the season. I mean, forget the Julio. The Immaculate Jones Extension. Chat. Yep, that's right. That's so, exactly right. Yeah, the last game in Hines against these birdies. Remember it back to there. Antonio Brown deserves to be in the in the conversation, but you know what? That game matters. I, I it's always a significant game and all that. But they can lose that one so long as they win the Patriots mm-hmm. one the following week. The problem is if they go zero for two out of those, it's conceivable still that the Ravens win the division and the Steelers become a wild-card team, and we don't want that. We, we so can't let obviously, that happen. The thing I hate, though, talk about movie references and bad guys and good guys and action heroes, Joe Flacco, I can't stand having to say it, but, man, oh, man, that guy, he is the T-1000. Uh, he is the Terminator when he comes into Heinz Field. Not that he always wins, but, man, no matter how many times we melt him down or – turn him into ice for a second and then blow him up. He always reforms and uh, shakes it off and goes right back. He keeps on slinging. I'm spooked by five. I don't know. Makes me crazy. Outside of the one month he had in 2012 uh, in the playoffs, and then there's no evidence that he's a good, viable NFL starting quarterback except when he comes into Heinz Field. After I don't the, care for it. After the Steelers, they only have Cleveland, Indy, and Cincy. Yep. Yeah, that's, they right. Gonna, that's right. That's right. Cupcake can schedule bank, after we, this. We can, we can seal the division, obviously. What this allows us is sealing the division, and then we can look ahead to the Patriots and, uh, and I guess, go from there. But, yes, I mean, I, I can't recall a, a bigger regular season two-game stretch. I mean, in, in, uh, in an eight-day span, you're getting the birdies and then the Patriots. Ooh, la and la, or eek, either way. <laughs> Dave, I, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I was saying basically the league did the Steelers a favor by upholding Juju's uh, suspension and 
you know, basically taking away George Iolocca is because we play the best with a chip on our shoulder. If we if we view that we've been wronged, that fuels us. We need that. I uh, the 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 vapid sports cliches. I love to talk about them all the time. One of the ones that makes me that makes my head spin because it's not empty. In the locker room, you hear players. There's been no title one in any sport in at least a quarter century when the guys in the locker room after the game announced to the world, no one outside this locker room believed in us. That Whether or not you as a fan believe that, the players, coaches mm-hmm. who can sell that to any given team. I don't know. I mean, I literally remember Dion Branch saying that in the Patriots locker room after they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. No one outside this locker room believed in us. You're the Patriots. I think some people believe you were going to win the game. <laughs> right. You know, but anyway, yes, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Crawford. Yes, I buy it because it feels real to me. Doesn't it feel real that the Steelers, the Steelers versus the world business, Vince Williams selling it, and Cam Hayward selling it, yep. and everyone on the team selling it, and Mike Mitchell rallying the team. Mike Mitchell has called me dumb. We've talked about it before, fellas. Mike Mitchell on Twitter called me dumb earlier this year. Mike Mitchell is not dumb. He is smart. And uh, that whole locker room is pulling together. And I, I you know what? I'm, I, I completely am with you, Crawford, and, and uh, it makes it – makes 2017 feel like it's got to be the year. I'm on board. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Uh, always a pleasure. Now, if you make it into town, you got to let us know. You know, I'm going to let you know. Me and I, I believe me and Ike are, uh, are getting out there to work things all out. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. But, yes, I, I do anticipate um, – uh, walking on the banks of the three rivers at some point uh, during the week in front, uh, probably after. I wanted to get there for the birdies game, but if I, I don't one way or the other, I'm going I'm to get the pulse of uh, Pittsburgh PA in front of the big game against uh, against the team that calls itself Patriots, that wears red, white, and blue, just like back in the 70s, a team wore a star on the side of their hat and called themselves America's team. But the soul of the U.S. of A. is on the banks of the three rivers wearing black and gold. Let's show them, birdies. Let's show them Patriots, too. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dave Damaschick. DVE. Way to go, Dave. Live from the McDonald's studios, I'm loving it. This is WDVE Pittsburgh. Mooncycle Bakery is a woman-run bakery out of Olympia, Washington, and has created a subscription service so women can be treated to chocolate delights at the exact time of the month they need them the most. All you have to do is sign up for a subscription, fill out a profile of your flavor, likes, dislikes, and allergies, and, of course, the most important information, your cycle dates of the month. This will, of course, allow Google to begin tracking your cycle along with everything else about you. Yes. I've got to get Serena to sign up for that so I can find out her cycle dates. Get a notification on your phone. You're <laughs> ovulating. Would you like Ooh. to look at some Lifetime original movies? Or stay out of the house this week. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, it is the DVE Morning Show. You're home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Sunday night, Steelers. And the Ravens, all the action is going to kick off here at 4. 
thirty, I guess. And what time is it? Eight twenty-five kickoff or something like that for Sunday night. Eight thirty. All right, so they're all eight thirties now on their night games. Used to be kind of staggered on the Thursday yeah, night. It was like eight fifteen, whatever. I, I know we start the network pregame at six thirty, so I'm assuming that means kickoffs eight thirty. Well, one guy who will definitely be there a little bit earlier than that, Alejandro Villanueva, joining us right now. Al, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Great. You know, it's uh, it's this season has been. You know, we phrased it yesterday for lack of a better way of describing it as one soap opera after another. There have been storylines. Uh, each and every week where there was some sort of drama, it feels like, in the Steelers' locker room. Uh, And whether that was one being resolved and then another one coming up, there always seemed to be a different story, uh, which is different from from past years. Do you feel that in the Steelers' locker room? Like, man, this has really been an eventful season. Well, I mean, I I can't deny that, obviously, especially, uh, you know, someone like myself had to go through a lot of drama, you know, early in the season. Uh, but the good thing is that we still talk about football. We still feel like we're in a football environment. We still feel like we have football challenges. Uh, and we f- we still feel like we're professionals and we're doing what is it that we were supposed to do. So that's that's kudos to the leadership. It, it goes to show that whenever it was needed the most, the coaches and players uh, that needed to hold this team together have done a, a magnificent job. Al, looking at the 10-2 and two record, you could almost make the argument that you guys thrive on that stuff. You could make an argument, but I'm not going to support that argument. <laughs> I don't want to do it live. With uh, with Ryan Shazier's injury, and he is in all of our thoughts and prayers still as he continues his journey to wellness here, uh, and you guys having to prepare for this game on Sunday night against the Ravens, I mean, this there are no games left that aren't big games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, a lot of people point to the fact, well... It's tough to prepare for uh, for the Ravens when they're thinking about Ryan Shazier, but how do you manage both of those things simultaneously? How do you keep him in your thoughts and your concerns for him and prepare for a football game? I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, it's very difficult to replace uh, or to get some sort of um, – uh, relief from from what's what's happening to Ryan. I mean, it's it's it's, it's very tough what he's going through. Uh, but I think the one thing that I find some you know some some sort of comfort in is the fact that you know he loved football so much, and I think everybody knows him, especially in the media. Everybody that knows Ryan, I mean, they they know how much how much he loves football. He he breathes football. I mean, he's he, he's talking about college football in Ohio State, or he's talking about the NFL, and he's talking about you know other players on offense and whatnot. He's he was a very refreshing guy to be around, and so um, what, what a better way, you know, to honor Ryan than, than to playing, you know, with the same intensity and the same sort of uh, courage that he played the game with, and uh, and, and that's that's the thing, you know, what what the, what the leaders in the defense are, are sort of uh, calling, you know, everyone to do in, in a very informal way, and I think everybody at a personal level, especially if we all know Ryan, uh, that we're going to do it for him. Uh, because again, this is just a game. You know, at the end of the day, you know, there's there's, there's things that are far more important uh, than anything we we can accomplish in this game. And Ryan's health is one of those things that uh, uh, that we want more than anything. And so, um, if there's anything that we can we can do to make him, you know, feel happy and and, and at least uh, you know enjoy uh, Sunday night, it will be obviously to play hard for him. So focusing on the game in your eyes is actually honoring him. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, everything that we do, you know, if 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 if, if anything you not know, hurts, if anything, if you have any any doubts whatsoever, I mean, you, it's very easy to just think of of Ryan Shazier, and, and not just because he's going through the injury, but because he's such an inspiring player. Uh, you know, his personality, the way he plays the game, 
you know, what he's meant to everybody. I mean, he's the, the type of player that knows every single player on the team. And so, you know, it is it is very difficult times here in uh, in Southside, especially as we try to get more information uh, regarding his, his his status. But um, you know, at the same time, you know, we honor him every single day and in everything that we do uh, because he's our teammate. He's still a teammate, and um, you know, we're we're trying to play for him. There was a lot of discussion about changes, whether there need to be more changes in the game, in the rules, in the NFL to protect the players. Uh, you spoke about the cooperation on the field amongst players. Uh, and I think you called it in an interview in the Post-Gazette yesterday, cooperation block awareness, where guys are helping each other. And it is much more of a unified effort to protect one another than maybe most people see just watching a game on television. I mean, I, nobody gains anything from, from you know getting players hurt. I don't, I don't think there's a single player in the NFL that wishes someone else to get hurt. I mean, we... We randomly appear on NFL rosters uh, across all 32 teams. It's not like we have to do anything or a sort of lobby to go to one team or the other. You know, I, I just so happen to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's somebody in, in, in Baltimore that just so happens to be in the Baltimore Ravens roster, and we have to face each other uh, on Sunday. And so when that happens, uh, you know, we both acknowledge that even though we wear different uniforms, we're still in the same profession. We could be, you know, teammates at some point, and so. You know, you always want to leave a good impression, and you always want to protect, you know, each other. It's not going to change whether one player is playing or not. I mean, that that, that is never the mentality uh, of an NFL player, especially a professional, you know, like 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 an like established starter in the NFL. And so you see that a, a lot. You know, you see a lot of players taking care of each other, um, you know, because we understand, you know, how hard it is to get here and then how hard it is to play the game. And so... Um, you know, the cooperation block awareness is actually a term that, that Coach Tomlin uses all the time. So it's 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 his uh, it's his word. It sounded like a military term that you had sort of uh, co-opted <laughs> and brought no, in. No, no, this is all Coach Tomlin. He has you know unbelievable you know insight into the game, and, and he uses very specific words uh, to sort of you know demonstrate these things. And cooperation block awareness is one of those things that you know it, it, he teaches that you know for training camp, the trobe, and and, and and OTAs and whatnot. But I see it across the NFL. I mean, it's something that players are doing on their own, and so that's that's pretty cool. And and and, and sort of uh, you know gives you that little peace of mind that, that at least you know when you when you're doing a block and something's happened behind you, you can't see it. If somebody's going to try to maybe pull you or tap you to to, to, to let you know that something's happened behind your um, behind your back. Al, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Steelers, Keith Butler, talked yesterday uh, about when you see things happen such as what happened to Ryan Chazier. And, uh, guys have seen horrific injuries on the football field. And, and, and Keith said, knowing the stakes, if I had it to do over again, I would play again. And if you ask anybody in that locker room, they would say the same thing. Uh, how, how do you deal with uh, the understanding that your life can be changed and not in a good way in the blink of an eye playing this game? You know, it's, I think life is like that. I think it could be said you know, about a lot of things in life. Uh, not just football, and um, you know, in, in this, um, you know, unfortunate, you know, times that that, that that we're going through. You know, obviously everybody gets gets asked the same question: If I could go, you know, if if, if I would, I mean, I don't know what what Ryan Shazier is going through. Um, I don't know what you know my brother-in-law went through when he got blown up in Afghanistan. I don't know what um, you know people go through in trying times. Uh, you know, you can try to do the best you can to to make a, a educated guess. On what your mentality and your and your philosophy in life is going to be, and how you know that's going to influence uh, your outlook in life. And so I think, 
you know, there's not a place in the world that that the Ryan Shazier would like to be more than, you know, in a, in a locker room in the NFL playing football. That's that's what he was meant to do. He, he's he lives and breathes for football, um, and so because of that, he's he's in a place where he wanted to be. Yeah, I think in my in my situation, uh, or in my case, you know, I, I try not to think about those things as much. I think I have a, a, a maybe I have a, a much greater outlook on life that is uh, maybe focused on. You know, we have bigger meanings. I mean, a lot of stuff you can't control. I mean, we can ask ourselves, you know, why are things happening in 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 Afghanistan? Why are things happening in Syria? Why are things happening in North Korea? Why are things happening in in, in different parts of the world? And, and how is it that we're so safe and so blessed here in the United States? And so, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you just, you're very thankful for what you have, and uh, you try to make the best decisions every single day. Um, and so, for me, it's it's it's, a, it's an easy decision just to come out and. And try to you know do the same thing that Ryan was doing, which is you know to be out here with my teammates, to, to play for one another, and to uh, to try to accomplish something bigger than ourselves. Uh, one more point on, on that. On a personal note, you know, you talked about you you drew the parallel from your your military uh, um, s- uh, serving in the military and the blinders that you had to put on necessary to to get through those situations, and then the emotional fallout after the effect. Uh, you know, PTSD being a blanket turn for for all of that. But you talked about you know you fear flying or or, or things that might be Bacon. carcinogenics. <laughs> yeah, uh, after that, and then I, I would imagine that football and being a part of a team and a a mission with a much sort of you know lesser importance in the overall scheme of things that that's very important. That routine is very important for a person like yourself after having gone through the military experience. Have you thought about? How you going to continue after football? No, nothing. That's a really good point uh, because I went from a very from an environment that is just like you said, you know, very mission oriented, very goal you know oriented teamwork into a, another you know very similar environment here in the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the same thing. I do the same things every single week. You can ask me where I'm going to be every minute of the day, and, you, and you're going to be either in meetings, walk through practice, back with my teammates talking about the game, getting ready for the. Uh, for the trip on, on the weekend, and so uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that whenever you're doing something for a very long time, whenever you have this sort of expectation and, and mentality of, of, of goals and accomplishing things and working with one another to to, to, to to do something greater that you can do by yourself and then it suddenly stops, I think that causes a lot of stress. And, um, and fortunately, I still have not had that feeling yet. But, you know, for a very brief period of time, you know, I was let go from uh, – Philadelphia, and I was trying to find a new home in uh, in Pittsburgh. I think I, I started getting that anxiety of, of you know what is it that I'm going to do with my life? How am I going to find a purpose? Hey Al, I'm going to the Army Navy game tomorrow. I haven't been the one since 1975. What do I need to know? Well, you need to know first and foremost that if you say you know if, if you just somehow say beat Army, I will never speak to you ever again. <laughs> horrible, things, horrible things were suddenly happening you know, to you. But um, no, my, my sister was in the Army. I'm on your side. Uh, no, it's not. No, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the Army-Navy game is, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great rivalry that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, to a certain degree is not understood, uh, you know, by a lot of people because, you know, it's, it's very tough to conceive the things that, that the players from both teams, you know, are going to be doing after they graduate. Um, you know, it is it is very uh, inspiring. You know, to a certain degree. I, I remember uh, speaking to a Marine uh, who was uh, an officer. I mean, we were both officers in Afghanistan. 
Uh, he played football. I played football for different teams, and we saw each other a year later after after the game. I mean, that's some crazy stuff. Um, and so, you know, that that's what it means to me. I mean, I, I can picture that. I can picture, you know, uh, a, a war zone and two of those players a year from now in uniform talking to each other about the game that's going to happen this weekend. That's that's the significance of the game. I think that's very special. And, um, um, you know, I hope it's a great game, obviously, so so that uh, it can bring attention. And, and, and you know, I want to see awareness to the academies, you know, because I think they have, you know, plenty within the – the military world, but it is just a, a very cool game, and and obviously just to go there to the game in Philly and see the the atmosphere and everybody supporting uh, the academies is very special as well. Alejandro Villanueva, hey, thanks so much for your time this morning. Now we appreciate it. Best of luck against Baltimore Sunday night. Keep winning. Thank you so much. Okay, man. We'll Big see baby. You. Man, he's great. I, I mean, that dude's just crazy. What a stud. I ho- I mean, I guess what I was getting at with that question is I hope that he's thinking like, yeah, well, I have to stay in football and <laughs> I'm going to be a coach because I would imagine that that guy would be a great coach. One he's going to need a rush. He's going to need to be a part of a team skydiving Elvises. Yeah, mind? I don't know. <laughs> he needs to be in a position to influence other people is what I really think. I mean, I'm that- a born leader. Yes. Selfishly, I'd like to see him get back in the military as some kind of instructor. Sure. I mean, I don't even know if that's possible, if that's how that works. I so. have no idea. But. He's a remarkable guy. Yes, it's always is. a pleasure to talk with Al. Uh, joining us right now, talking about this game, getting a little more into the X's and O's of the actual matchup between the Ravens and the Steelers. Garrett Downing from Ravens.com in our Know Your Enemy segment right now. Garrett, good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. How is this Baltimore Ravens team different from the team the Steelers faced early in the season? I'd say the big difference is that number 98, Brandon Williams, is going to be there in the middle of the defense. And he was somebody that missed that game. He was hurt. And he's the run stuffer for the Ravens. They signed him to a $52 million contract this last season. And the reason they did that is because he's somebody that can gobble up blockers and stuff the run. And when he wasn't out there, it was evident. Le'Veon Bell had a huge day. And so I think that the, this game is going to play out differently than that. I don't think that the Steelers are going to try to attack the Ravens on the ground quite as much as they did in that week four matchup, I would think that this is more of an aerial attack for Pittsburgh, but also when you consider the fact that Jimmy Smith, Baltimore's top cornerback, uh, just went down with the torn Achilles last week. So Marlon Humphrey's first-round pick from Alabama, he's making his first career start this week. And I think, and uh, so does Marlon, that Ben's going to test him early and see how he responds. Yeah, Garrett, yeah, Garrett, hold on, hold on one second. Garrett, is there any chance you're not talking directly into the phone there because occasionally we get like a tunnel sound? I'll try to. There you I'll go. Try to hold it better. There we go. All right. There you go. Okay. Uh, Humphrey got picked on quite a bit by Stafford, did he not? I know he had the one interception, but that was like a flutter ball. Looked, looked like he was struggling after Smith went out last week. Yeah, well, basically, he went down, and then Marlon Humphrey came in, and early on, they went after him, and they tested him on a number of plays, and he struggled very early. Now, look, Marlon Humphrey's been playing a lot this year, but rotation with Jimmy Smith because Smith was dealing with that Achilles really all season. And so he was getting a lot of reps, but it was, he would come in for a series or two and then come back out. But, yeah, Stafford went after him, and he gave up a couple couple plays. And then he would come back and get the interception late in the fourth quarter. So he said this week that he fully expects Ben to go in there and test him, and particularly early in that game, and then see how he responds. All right, Garrett, my apologies, but our uh, signal here seems to be 
pretty awful, and it's probably because we didn't pay our bill. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to have our producer call you back. We'll get you on the line here during the break and uh, and get a couple more questions in to learn more about this Raven Steelers matchup. If you can hang on, that's Garrett. Downing from Ravens.com. We'll get a little bit more from him. Mike Pursuta also with a look ahead at this Sunday's game. We've got tickets to give away. Also, we've got a pair of tickets to give away on the Bud Light Party Deck. So stay tuned for that. Derek Woods Band playing live for you. Much more to come here on the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. All right. Did we get Garrett back on? All right. Garrett Downing from Ravens.com back on the line there. Sorry for that, Garrett. Is this uh, connection any better? Yeah, I think we're good now. We uh, got a nice, clear connection. The le- the landline is the trusty, safe bet here. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, you're uh, the the Ravens' offensive line really stepping it up and came through big last week. And uh, the Steelers right now defensively are uh, out a few starters, and things are going to be a little bit mix and match for uh, for them on defense. And I would imagine this plays right into the Ravens' hands. Yeah, I would think so. The offensive line has to play better. You know, they dealt with some injuries early in the season. Uh, but they've had the unit that they're working with right now uh, together for several games, and I think that that continuity is showing. Uh, they didn't give up a sack last week. They only full out one sack in the last two games, and they've been able to open holes in the running game as well. So it's a combination of having that strong running game, which they've they've been a good running team uh, offensively throughout the season, uh, and then they're also protecting Joe Flacco better. And when he has time, uh, he's shown the ability to – you know, to push the ball down the field, and that's really what they did last week against Detroit. Uh, the recipe for this team, really all season, they haven't been able to execute it on it the way that they would expect. Is they want to push the ball down the field and take some deep shots, uh, and that's what they want to do offensively. They also want to run the ball well, and so they hit the deep shots. And I think that's going to continue to be what they want to do. If this is going to be an offense that puts up points and uh, kind of strikes fear in anybody, they need to hit some of those deep shots. Uh, that's what Mike Wallace is here to do, and uh, he was able to do that last week. With Flacco, is it as simple as if the protection holds up, he's fine? Because last couple times I've seen him play, he looked really uncomfortable in the pocket and uncertain. And in that Lions game, he looked like the old Joe Flacco. He was just uh, sitting back there dealing, throwing on time, uh, throwing deep, throwing the crosses, bootlegs. Uh, that's the best I've seen him look in a long time. Anything else changed for him? Yeah, that was the best game that he's played all year. I think that you know the offensive line holding up is, is definitely a huge component of it. I think that the other piece of it is earlier this season he really wasn't healthy. Uh, you know, he came back three days of practice, missed all the training camp, missed all the preseason uh, with a back injury, and then he came and had three days of practice and then went out there and, and went into the regular season. And you kind of forgot about it because he was playing and he wasn't complaining about it, but uh, he was a little stiff and certainly wasn't moving as well, I think, as, as he would want. And so he's now healthier than he's been all season. I think that's another piece of it. Um, and then, again, going back to that offensive line, when, they do, when they've been able to protect him, and I think it's a confidence thing. I think if the offensive line is holding up and you know that you're going to be protected, uh, then in the back of your mind you're able to sit back there for an extra tick and find the open receiver, push the ball down the field, avoid some of those checkdowns. Um, and then the Ravens also, it's been very game plan specific. They've had some games where they've jumped out to big first half leads, and then they've kind of powered down in the second half and just kind of try to run out the clock and run out the football and not do too much. And, you know, when you play a team like the Lions with a potent offense, they weren't able to do that. Steelers obviously have a very potent offense, um, so you're not going to be in a situation where you're trying to just kind of eke things out and, and be conservative. That's not the, obviously the approach that they would take against a team like Pittsburgh. The other thing I wanted to ask about, Garrett, was the 
Ravens' ability to play the Steelers. Uh, we all remember the game last year, which went the Steelers' way uh, on Christmas. But the, the thing that sticks in a lot of people's minds up here is that year the Ravens won five games and two of the wins were over the Steelers. What is, <laughs> what is it about this rivalry on the Baltimore end that allows Baltimore to enjoy uh, the success it has? Yeah, I mean, look, when, since John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco arrived here in 2008, they've played 22 times, and uh, each team has won 11 of them. So it's as evenly matched as you can get. I think that the key is for the Ravens, they, they, I think they like playing the game in Heinz Field even more than they do in Baltimore, and the reason being is they'd like to embrace that villain role. And I think that Terrell Suggs, obviously, uh, is somebody that, that really wears that like a badge of honor. He loves to go into Heinz Field and, and kind of – pick at the fans they love to go at him and he embraces that and and joe flacco does too he likes to be in an intimidating atmosphere and then quiet a crowd and he's had enough success there you know i think you know you go back to plays the tory smith play the, the divisional round in 2014 and he's had some of his better games there and so when you have that success then that kind of breeds confidence and so and they, those guys set the tone for each of their units Terrell Suggs defensively joe flacco offensively um, and I just think that they really relish in that. And both, both of these teams are kind of built to play each other in a lot of ways. The, you know, the programs in some capacities are kind of modeled after each other, and, um, and I think that that is a big part of the reason uh, that these teams have been so evenly matched over the last decade. Garrett Downing from Ravens.com, our Know Your Enemy segment here on the flagship station of the Steelers, 102.5 DV. Garrett, thanks so much for your time this morning, and thanks for hanging on and calling us back. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Okay, Thanks man. for having me, and uh, talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Mike Pursuit, uh, uh, Sunday night's game. Uh, that's, that's great information. Flacco likes getting booed here better than he likes getting booed at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the idea of AFC North football. All right, you know, you heard Ben, of course, now famously having said uh, AFC North football as his reason for why the Cincinnati Bengals game was as violent uh, as it was. AFC North football? Yeah, d- Harbaugh and the Bengals, they understand AFC North football. Oh, Harbaugh in particular against this team. Oh, yeah. That, that I still can't get over that. I, I forget what year it was exactly, but the Ravens won five games and two of the wins were against the Steelers. They beat the Steelers with Ryan Mallett as their quarterback. It takes Don't bring that, up, that special kind of awareness, though, going, on, yeah. going into these games. The Steelers have been, um, you know... They're, they've had their attention diverted a little bit this week on, on a number of different re- issues uh, coming out of the massive brawls that that were a part of that. Uh, I don't know, I even know how, how to put it. Uh, it wasn't really like fights, fist fights, but, man, it was just as hard-hitting as a, uh, of a football game as I've ever seen. Good old-fashioned Donnie and Brook. Now they're going to turn around. Em. It could be like that again. Oh, it, it will be like that again. And then next week, I was talking to Gardell yesterday because he's coming in for this game. I was like, this is like a knife fight followed by a bar fight followed by nuclear war. Spy game. Right. <laughs> it is, I mean, these three games, this this stretch. Well, you got to make sure you're aware of what's, you know, don't bring the knife to the gunfight. <laughs> right. Make sure you know what you're doing. Right. Step by step. No, these are fun games. Uh, I, I think it comes down to the you know the bully on the block mentality, and that you know the Bengals have dabbled with uh, winning the uh, AFC North division and, and being the top tier team. More often than not, it's the, the Steelers or the Ravens, and I think that just brings out the beast in everybody. It's uh, 
The so, Bengals got the physical part down. They just don't got the winning part down. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Randy, to your point about, uh, you know, what the Steelers are dealing with emotionally, who knows how that's going to go. I mean, it, it could inspire them. As you heard Villanueva say, Alejandro Villanueva on our show a few minutes ago, they know Ryan Shazier, they want to go out and play for him and, and make him happy on Sunday night. Or it is, at some point, uh, you know, they could go to hit the gas pedal and there might not be anything there. When I asked Al if they were able to simultaneously balance their concern for Shazier and preparing for the game, all he pretty much talked about was Shazier. It's weighing heavy on these guys. It is, although, you know, life goes on and it, it has to and it always does. And w- what I've seen over there this week is a lot of the stuff in the locker room that you normally see and some of the yelling and the goofing around is, is continuing to happen. It's not like they're coming off the practice field and sitting at their lockers and putting their heads no. in their hands. Well, look, saying, they were able to continue on with the game and, the, and we Eventually, saw, yeah. You know, it, it, it took, took them. A- Took them a little while, uh, but it is definitely. I, I think it's a real factor element that has to be dealt with. I'm not sure what the word factor exactly is, but yeah, it's not. It's not like you can just shut off the. I'm worried about Ryan Shazier switch when you go play. So that's uh, that. That is an unknown element that is thrown in. Or just this. the emotional toll and the distraction that you know you can't really quantify. It's just there. Yeah. Now that being said, I do think playing the Ravens helps as opposed to playing Seattle this right. week. It, Not it, no offense to Seattle, but it's just this is a familiar rival. Everybody knows what's going on, and if you're if you're out there less than focused in this game, bad things are going to happen. So I think I think the Raven uniform will get everybody's attention at least initially. Where it goes from there, God, I hate purple. And Baltimore's playing better. Uh, Flacco looked really good last week. His his numbers this year are awful. Their numbers as an offense passing, awful. Historically bad in some cases. But they run the ball well. Their defense is legit. I think it will be even without Jimmy Smith. And uh, their special teams are tremendous. They have seven return touchdowns on defense and teams. Great kicker, great punter. They cover, they return. Uh, John, uh, John Harbaugh came up as a special teams coach. Their their plan is win the special teams, win on defense, get some takeaways, don't screw it up on offense. Bal- going to need Tomlin this week on can special you, teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you make them do something other than that? Can you get them out of that comfort zone formula that they, that works for them? Val's got your news coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Valerie, what are we going to be talking about here? I'll uh, give you details on the annual DBE Christmas tree sale tomorrow. Next hour, Derek Woods Band performing live in the Coffee House. Want to remind you, Christmas show coming up December 13th at Jurgles. Donnie Iris, Joe Grishecki, Scott Blazy, Rob James, Clinton Clegg of the Common Heart, along with a bunch of his uh, Common Heart bandmates. Not the full band, but we got we got a lot of them. Recluse, Bill Toms and Hard Rain, Paul Luke. Boy, is his new record awesome. Meeting of Important yeah, People. All of their records are awesome. Gene, yeah, the werewolf. Bastard, bearded Irishman, Molly Alphabet, Cisco Kid. It's brought to you by Right Auto. You got to be 21 to get in. The doors are at 6 o'clock. Get there early. This one's going to fill up. We're going to have a blast. I like that. It's a blowout.
DB Morning Show Christmas Party. Your chance to win tickets for Sunday night Steelers-Ravens game coming up on DBE. It is the DBE Morning Show. And uh, I wanted to ask Sean Collier, this uh, movie reviewer for Pittsburgh Magazine. Yes. Quentin Tarantino is now attached to the new Star Trek movie. I mean... If you had a nickel for everything Quentin Tarantino has ever been rumored to do, you could buy those bitcoins. Um, he but- pitched he pitched this idea, right? And they basically just said, "Yeah, we'll take we'll take that idea. It's a good one." Yeah, and and never assume a Tarantino movie is going to happen until the first trailer. That said. I mean, it could be interesting. Star Trek came back and had one good movie. The next two, not so much. So uh, what the hell? Why not? Well, I, how's he going to fit the N-word into Star Trek? Is it Uhura, Uhura coming back or something? Joke made by a guy who never watched Star Trek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's gonna. It, it, this is He'll be able to invent all new uh, ethnic slurs for people who are green or blue or... <laughs> He can come up with his own. He's just coming up with a whole bunch of yeah. awful like that. The reviews for the new Star Trek are out, and it's racist. <laughs> it's specious. It doesn't. We don't know that it's racist because we don't know what they're saying. But it sounds racist. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't understand that. He looks really creepy these days. Well, not that he ever looked like you yeah, know, I mean, Brando, there, but I mean, is there a time where he didn't he look didn't, didn't uh, contemporary reference? Uh, if 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 creepy men in Hollywood have not been doing well recently, he's got to look like he's on that thing at the circus where they throw knives at the spinning wheel. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's actually OK, but I would not put any money on it in terms of the uh, the scandals and, and such. And Jar Jar Banks is coming back. Is that true? No, I haven't heard. that. Please don't. And don't you, is don't that, ruin it, Christmas. I've heard that a couple of times. The new survey uh, just completed. They asked 2,200 people about 25 characters. The most popular characters are the old school ones. Princess Leia is number one. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Chewbacca, Yoda are close second. Yoda, you know, Yoda has to be the the briefest appearance for payoff of any Star Wars character, right? I mean... How many minutes did oh. he even log in on screen? No, that title is firmly held by Boba Fett, who was there for like oh, four yeah. minutes right. and then was on T-shirts for the next 30 years. What was yeah, because, his... because uh, Yoda was in all the prequels as well. Yeah, Yoda became a big deal. In the oh, movies. really? No See, one saw. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't And they watch. had fight scenes with him, and it just was awful. I didn't like, watch any of those. Little cartoon Yoda hopping around, <laughs> yeah. recreating the Pulp Fiction scene yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson. It was, it was bad. I, I like the more wise Yoda, the guy who's pondering... Uh, life and mortality, and then turns into a pile of laundry. That's yeah. how I like my Yoda. Luke, Chewbacca, and Yoda all uh, tied for second with 72%. R2-D2, 71%. Han Solo only got 68 I would have thought Han would have been higher. That, that's Yeah, I really think it revolves around Han. Yeah, Obi-Wan. All right. 67%. Also and brief appearance, but C- I mean he trains Luke. C-3PO. 65%. And uh, wasn't the actor who plays C-3PO at the Pens game last night as part of their Star Wars night? Oh, is that true? He was. Was he? That guy is awesome. Yeah, Gu- no, he's great. Guess what? 37% had a favorable impression of Jar Jar Binks. I think there's a little bit of uh, like, oh, we were too hard on that guy. We weren't. He was just he was terrible. Awful. I, I saw, uh, uh, I went on the Star Wars ride in... How do you know it's a he, by the way? Did his sexuality ever come into play? He prefers they, them pronouns. Uh, I was on the Star Wars ride at Disney World, and that has like 
35 different combinations like you don't know which show you're getting when you yeah, go in. Yeah, Star Tours. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I went in and got the Jar Jar Binks heavy one. That no. was great news. Really Gotta get back in line. That. My you know, question Gotta burn is, another fast pass. By the way, um, Mace Windu only got 32%. More people see. Alongside Kylo Ren. America's still racist if you like Jar Jar Binks more than Samuel. Below Binks. them are Emperor Palpatine, 31%. Jin Urso, don't know who that is. Jin was in the uh, the Rogue One movie. The Rogue One. Wedge and Tilly's. He flew alongside Luke for four minutes. Uh, Count Dooku. Don't know. Yeah. I just took a Count Dooku. <laughs> that's, that's, when, that's when you get some bad Count Chocula. <laughs> you get to take a Count Dooku. And in last place, Supreme Leader Snoke, 26%. He's the big bad Snoke of the new stupid. series uh, played by Andy Serkis. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see next week. Uh, programming note, I'll be here Wednesday to review Star Wars The Last Jedi. But the question for me is, are people going to hate Porg? Porg is the new little penguin cat that was in the trailer for the yeah. new one. And I have seen more Porg merchandise over the last six weeks. Like, let's not put that Porg ahead of the horse. We might hate him. Let's wait and find out first. This a lot of, lot of Porg exposure Le- Porg, early. Porg is, Porg is all over the field these days. Now, I didn't hear you mention this, Randy. We're talking about people on Star Star Wars that, you know, s- small screen time that, you know, had a big impact. Uh, Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Is, isn't there going to be a Boba Fett movie? Uh, yeah, they're talking Probably. about it. I mean that would be huge, right? My big, the my most popular tweet of all time was when the Liberty Bridge caught fire, and I just posted a picture of Admiral Akbar saying it's a tarp. That was the biggest That's thing that great. ever happened. <laughs> but uh, Boba Fett, the, why do people love Boba Fett? There's a, there can only His be one reason. His costume's cool. cool. Costume and a jetpack. And it. he was uh, he was kind of a ladies' man. How you do know. we know that? I don't know that. <laughs> but it just Are you, you know, trying to say that Boba Fett is going to be brought up on sexual mis- misconduct charges? No. No, I, I don't think that could happen because the, uh, the things he does Boba, Boba felt are up. It's, it's not <laughs> things he does with Wookiees when no one's looking, man. You don't In in you don't uh, hear about what, what is it? The Return of the Jedi. Uh-huh. He's basically he's always just sort of he's in that club, you know, um um who's the who's the villain uh Jabba the Hutt? Yep. Whenever he's in his like layer, there's like a little jazz club, and he's just always, you know, there's always some weird chick hanging on his shoulder, and he's a bounty hunter, so that makes him cool. Okay, so with the Penguins having Star Wars night last mm-hmm. night, which member of the Penguins would require the least amount of makeup to look right at home at the Star Wars bar in the cantina? Got to say, fill the thrill. Fill the thrill. Yeah, uh, and you want to say Gino Tyler Kennedy's not on the team See, anymore. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway to Ewok already. Apologies to his in-laws if they're listening. I know. I wanted to say Gino. I mean, if you if you just put like one big horn in the middle of his head, you'd be like, yeah, that's an alien. <laughs> now right. Phil looks like if you just take that one, you know that character that has like the the horn tube thing that goes around their head down their neck like a little bit. I think there was the one that was hanging out with Jabba. Yeah. Or, or maybe Phil just is Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> really close. Fill the Job hut. Job of the Fill thrill. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gino looks like he could just turn around and be like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's at the Star Wars bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you could have Gensel and Shiri and all the little guys Shiri. be the, the little uh, oh, Jawas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those things. <laughs> the guy who, uh, yeah, yeah, they trade you. 
while we're on <laughs> while we're on uh, uh, movie news, Seems I woke strange, up this yeah. morning to find that they had dropped the trailer for the sequel to Jurassic World. Um, stop going to that island. This is an yeah, easy this fix. This is irresponsible. <laughs> this is like Taken Three. It, like, I, God, it watch starts, your kids for once. It set it, the trailer should just be dinosaurs running. The trailer sets up like. Well, we've, we've decided we have to go to the island to save the dinosaurs. No, you do not. They can take care of their damn selves. It's Jurassic Here's- World 2. This time, it's our fault. <laughs> it was always it our was fault. It was always our fault. And the be- the big innovation is, while they're there, <laughs> while they're on the island, a volcano is going off on the island. We didn't. Need- you didn't need an earthquake, a tsunami, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. There are crazy dinosaurs. <laughs> That's enough. I can fix the, the whole Jurassic Park thing two ways. Yeah. First way is you combine it with another franchise that is a pure uh, 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 shown moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do Fast and Furious Jurassic Park. But instead, they ride dinosaurs. Okay. All right. <laughs> Number two. Jurassic and the Furious. <laughs> right. There you go. Another one would be if they went back and, and uh, actually had the animals compete. Oh, okay. Like, so if there, there the was Jurassic like. Jurassic Games. Yes, Jurassic Games. Like, somehow mm-hmm. they pit them against each other. And, and I don't mean in fights, I mean more like wipeout courses. Yeah. Uh, like, more like ba- Battle of the Network Stars meets Jurassic Park. I would take all of the Stephen King villains and put them on the island. This Pennywise carry <laughs> right, right. Jack Nicholson with an axe. Just you guys deal with it. See what happens. Val's got news next. I'm uh, going to give you details on tomorrow's annual DVE Christmas tree sale. In case you don't know about it, I know a lot of people look forward to it, so we'll talk about that. Val, did you get your tickets for the new Star Wars yet? No, I'm not going to that. No, she doesn't care about that crap. <laughs> I've seen Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, and that's it. Those are the two best, I think. I've not seen. You didn't seen... see Return of the Jedi? I don't think so. I would go, by the way, to the uh, Science Center. They open their new theater, biggest screen in town, 3D. The sound is over your head. It's the more speakers than any theater in town. That's, That's they're showing Star Wars, the yes. new, the new. Well, yeah. What, what, what got to be called? sold out though, right? The last Jedi. The opening weekend is sold out, but you can go after that. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, Episode Eight. Really kind of curious to see how they deal with Princess Leia. Yes, you know. Because she died during, I guess, was it? Was she's it gonna still be in production? It, I think. Oh yeah. No, she's she she was done with this one. I don't think she had gotten too far in filming scenes for nine. So the question is, it's the same question that happened with uh, Paul Walker in Fast and the Furious. Is it more tasteful to kill that character off or write them out? I'm just dreading the Charlie Puth song. <laughs> There's a Charlie Puth song. There was when Paul Walker About died. Paul Walker. Oh, yeah. God. Nationwide Paul Walker died. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That was his song? Yeah. Too furious. Too soon. <laughs> Too Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Sloppy Joe's in Mount Washington. 275 Bud Light bottles during all Steeler games. Sloppy Joe's in Mount Worsh. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. We're giving away tickets to Sunday night's game. You'll be on the Bud Light Party Deck with Bill Crawford and a crew of DVE listeners cheering on the Steelers. Be caller number 50 right now at 333-WDVE. I thought only dark chocolate was good for you. It's like dark, dark, dark chocolate. Really like, dark. Yes. Super dark. Milk chocolate. Wesley is... Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> dark chocolate is, uh, yes, the, the health benefits The are kind much of greater. chocolate yes. that you eat and you go, is this, I don't know if this is the eating kind of chocolate. Right. Remember when X-Lax used to come in a chocolate bar? Do you yeah. remember that at all? 
So, no. dude, it used to come in a chocolate bar. Shape, not in a chocolate bar. Yeah. And so there was one at, my, like, my dad's birthday is a gag gift. Someone bought him a couple of those. And my younger brother, was only, he was only, like, six. And he thought it was a chocolate bar. Oh, good lord. He crushed <laughs> at six. How long did he poop god. for? Oh my god. He's he's still doing it. I think it set <laughs> off a uh, pattern. He died sadly in <laughs> nineteen ninety seven. Randy Bauman and the D V E morning show. There's a very cruel thing. X Lax in the form of a chocolate bar. <laughs> Much like apple cider vinegar long confounded me when i was a kid when there's a big picture of an apple on it and you think there's some delicious hey, apple cider this is probably going to be good i should probably chug right out of the bottle before my mom's in- <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you it is now i do it on purpose it's still so bad though i like it you do i feel like yeah and then you burp and it's like you've had a salad oh my god it makes my whole chest hot it's like a it's like a health shot, like it's it's like rumple mints but healthy. That and uh, bone broth, I think, are the two best things for your stomach. I'm telling you the bone broth, bone broth, dude. Get up, get down with some bone broth. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> bone broth will be playing at the Smiling Moose tonight. <laughs> bone broth. I never thought of it like that until just now. <laughs> Does not sound appetizing. Uh-uh. Hey, Bill, have a cup of my bone broth. No, <laughs> thank you. Come on. I it's simmered am, all night. I'm going to. Simmered all There's salt and some pepper in there. And, that's a hard pass for me. I had wait, to work hard to produce this bone broth. <laughs> I got it from the bone broth bank. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on, Bill? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Mix of sun and clouds as we go through the day today. It is going to be breezy and cold. We top out at 35 degrees with wind chills at times in the 20s. Some clouds around tonight. Wind chills drop into the teens. Overnight low 21. Snow showers return as we start off the weekend. From Severe Weather Center 11, I'm meteorologist Valerie Smock. And God bless the United States. It's 27 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Falcone's at Moon Township Automotive. Wow, not till 9 o'clock that surfaced. I waited all morning. I felt like I hit it so hard yesterday that I just had to wait a little. The United oh, States. We've had wait. requests for it, so. Yeah, people really wanted to hear. The United States. <laughs> what is he saying? The, the annual- United States. <laughs> The annual DVE Christmas tree sale to benefit junior <laughs> achievement will be held tomorrow. It starts at 8 a.m. at Schultz Ford in Harmerville. First 102 people in line get a $50 off coupon for a massage at Espa Cosmetica. Two tickets to see Zoso at Stage AE on February 16th. A breakfast sandwich from McDonald's while supplies last. You can also register to win four tickets to the WWE Holiday Tour, which is December 28th at PPG Paints Arena. All proceeds go to junior achievement programs in Western Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania schools and as always those trees come from Musser Forest in Indiana they give us the trees every year so uh, that is going to be held tomorrow if you forget any of those details you can find it on the concert calendar at dve.com a courageous elf is back on a little girl's shelf after undergoing a life-saving operation. Jen Thelen of Florida says her seven-year-old daughter Aubrey was horrified when she discovered the family's dog mauled the elf on the shelf Named Sam, Sam was in pretty bad shape, so Jen, who was a hospital nurse, told Aubrey she would take the elf to work with her and have the ER doctors make him all better, which they did. The hospital shared a video of the surgery. Once the procedure was over, Sam was bandaged up, uh, sprinkled with some special Christmas magic, and returned home to Aubrey. 
Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have health insurance, and the medical bills are going to bankrupt them. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, that sort of thing, the federal government will not shut down this week. Congress passed a stopgap spending bill yesterday to extend, extend federal funding until December 22nd. The measure easily cleared the House and Senate. President Trump indicated he will sign the bill as leaders of both parties to begin talks on a long-term spending agreement. Without the extension, the government would have run out of money at a minute after midnight. And United States. Speaking of that, too, President Trump will have a full physical exam in the first part of the coming year. In a briefing yesterday, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the physical will be conducted at the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Maryland. Uh, That has been pretty standard procedure for presidents in the modern era. Sanders noted the results will be publicly released. I, uh, you know, they said, they said, they they said he was cold, dry mouth. But it sounds to me like he has like too much going on in there. Yeah, I, this doesn't like his teeth are too let big us for his mouth. Rethink old assumptions and open our hearts and minds to possible and possibilities. And finally, I ask the leaders of the region, political and religious, Israeli and Palestinian, Jewish and Christian and Muslim, Simon to join us in the noble quest for lasting peace. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the Palestinians. And God bless the United States. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know what that sounds like? It it could be. Could be dry mouth. He could have dentures. Yeah, that's, well, that's oh, yeah. seems to be the popular. Hashtag denture Hashtag Donald. Hashtag denture Donald went crazy yesterday. Oh, is that going around? But... Uh, all right, I'm willing to actually believe he was super dry mouth. He could be. Yeah, I wonder his... what kind of medications he's on. Uh, you know, if you know, if he's transparent, you know, because he has been the whole time. So there's no reason to believe that we won't learn well, does everything he have about to him. Release his list of medications in the uh, um, physical. I mean, I think you 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 should have to. Maybe not what medicines you're on, but just like an accurate, like detailed no, bill of health. He can't because his medications are under audit. So there's <laughs> there's just. That's going to go on for a few years. Who's going to do the do the uh, uh, the checkup? Is it Doctor Drew, Doctor Phil, Doctor Teeth from the Muppets, Doctor Dre, Doctor Hook, and or the Medicine Show, <laughs> Doctor Shrinker, Doctor Acula? <laughs> uh, Max Bannon is just going to do it in a barn. You're fine. <laughs> oh, his mouth is just a desert wasteland. Not <laughs> <laughs> why didn't someone follow that that answer up with? Then why didn't somebody give him a drink? Yeah, they can just put one of those dentist things in the side of his mouth yeah. and just kind of wet it down a little bit. Max is currently the most popular name Should've for male dogs, while uh, <laughs> number one moniker for female dogs is Bella. That's according to a new report from the dog centric website Rover, which searched for. Where Americans found inspiration, pop culture provided a deep well, people turning to names from uh, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Wonder Woman as well. Other top male dog names include Charlie, Cooper, Buddy, Jack, Rocky, Oliver, Bear, Duke, and Tucker. As I said, Bella number one for girls. It's followed by Lucy, Luna, Daisy, Lola, Sadie, Molly, Maggie, Bailey, and Sophie are big picks for girl dogs. 
A New Jersey family is rethinking the way it thanks its delivery people. Michelle Bedreau says she was shocked to find an obese squirrel ransacking the holiday treat tray she puts out every year on her front stoop. She managed to get a video of the squirrel. It shows him skipping the tissues and the hand warmers and going right for the chocolate and the lip balm. It's happened multiple times since uh, Tuesday, but Bedreau says she has outsmarted the squirrel by placing the chocolate in a sealed jar that requires opposable thumbs to get into. I only like chocolate-covered nuts. I know, you know, I know that I can be accused of being too politically correct, but someone has to stand up against body-shaming squirrels. That is really <laughs> a step. Do we need to know that this is an obese squirrel? No, we don't. Let that squirrel love itself. I didn't even know that could be a thing. <laughs> Me either. I've never seen an overweight squirrel. I have because they're genetically, like, wired to prepare for winter, and then it doesn't come, and they have all this extra time, and they just keep eating, and they're like... This is... When does winter not come? There's so much stuff. No. I mean, it's... It's pretty cold. It's winter. It's 30s. I know, but typically they were already gonzo, right? I mean... Hibernating? I don't think do they, they even hibernate anymore. They just chill out. But they had, it was you know it was warm this year. Like I'm snacking way more than I used to, way more than I'm evolutionarily supposed to. I've definitely seen fat squirrels, like obese. The Bada Bing is getting whacked. New Jersey is taking out Satin Dolls, the bar that served as the fictional home of the HBO hit series The Sopranos. Attorney General Christopher Perino says the Lodi Bar is ordered to cease operations. He said in a statement the club is being shut down for alleged violations of state laws. Allegations are the club's owners failed to account for large amounts of cash flowing no, in and out of the business. Doesn't sound like them. Heavy metal parents can now take things to a new level with a Pantera stroller. <laughs> Dayfills is uh, selling the brightly colored piece, saying the minivan may not be the coolest ride, but that doesn't mean the stroller can't be. It offers soft grip handles, an easy carry shoulder strap, and a host of other amenities, all while maintaining the band's rock and roll branding and imagery. You can check it out at daffills.com, D-A-P-H-Y-L-S. Final Go with season, your Slipknot crib. Yeah, the final season of Game of Thrones will reportedly just dawned on me that Panera is one letter away from Pantera. Oh yeah, Pantera bread. Yeah, it is super hardcore bread bowls. They had to be pissed about that. <laughs> uh so the final season of Game and Th- Game of Thrones not airing till 2019. The season eight release was teased in an interview with Variety magazine by series star Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark. Sansa, Sansa. Sansa. HBO has yet to officially confirm a Salsa. release date. The final installment will feature six Santa episodes, Claus. and shooting is said to have already begun in October. Finally, the new iHeartMedia TV show will begin airing June, uh, January 4th rather, on Fox after a nationwide search for contestants have been chosen for the competition called The Four. Lex Liu from Los Angeles, Ash Miner from Australia, Blair Ash Perkins Miner. from Corona, California, and <laughs> Elenise Lanson from Boca Raton, Florida. They will fight to defend their coveted spots on the stage as newcomers challenge them and try to knock them out of the competition. Each week, if any of the four are outperformed, they will go home and their challenger will take their place. The last artist standing will earn a panel of industry experts on their team. Sean Diddy Combs, DJ Khaled, uh, Megan Trainer, and Charlie Walk. They'll also be named 
named an iHeartRadio On the Verge artist, and that begins January 4th on Fox. Clouds and sun, windy and cold today, mid-30s for the high with wind chills in the 20s. It is 27 at DBE. Well, first of all, congratulations to Kurt in Cannonsburg. He's the winner of the tickets for uh, this Sunday's, bless you, Steeler-Ravens game. You'll be with Bill Crawford. Hopefully he won't sneeze on you. No, I'll be Bud there. Light Party Deck. I'll be there and I'll be sneeze-free. Sunday night football in the Berg. Another Let's do prime, it. Primetime game. I like that. I like that. Upstairs in the Permanis Coffee House on the Point Park University stage. It's our version. Of, it's like we have NASCAR uh, local rock and roll here is, is what it is. Everything's got a sponsor. The Permanis Coffee House. The Point Park stage. It's the Derek Woods Band. Derek, uh, joined by George, Joshua, Chris, and Chris, the United States, Justin, and uh, boy, I got to tell you, right off the bat, Derek, best handwriting of any band so far. Oh, they're still sound checking there, buddy. You didn't, uh, you didn't go up and uh, make sure there, Slack. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, okay. Very nice. That sounded good, though. Sounded fantastic. I look forward to uh, hearing them after A little the bit break. of a spoiler alert for that song. Great handwriting, though. I will say that. Terrific. A lost art. This is, I would have loved for this person to make TDK mixtapes for me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing them because for the last six minutes, my head has just been going, fat bottom squirrel, you make uh-huh. a <laughs> uh, Sports update for you. Don't forget the DV Morning Show Christmas parties Wednesday at Jurgles, Donny Iris, Joe Gusecki, Scott Blazy, and Rob James from the Clarks, Clinton Clegg, Recluse, Bill Thompson, Hard Rain, Paul Luke, Meeting of Important People, Gene the Werewolf. Faster Bearded Irishman, Molly Alphabet, Cisco Kid. It's brought to you by Right Auto. Got to be 21. Doors at 6. Shows at 7. Don't miss it. The DVE Morning Show. All right, let's try one more time to get up uh, stairs to the Derek Woods Band. Are you guys up there? Yeah. Ready to go. All right, here we go. And uh, Derek Woods Band, you guys are a part of the Pittsburgh Plays Petty Tribute Show sponsored by WDVE at Mr. Smalls. That's coming up on the 29th, correct? Yes, I'll be a part of that. Good deal. So you have a new album coming out in 2018. And uh, also, you're going to be uh, the host of the Jam Brusel Music Festival in Latrobe, which you've done for the past four years. That's coming up again in July. Yes, this is our fourth year putting it on. It's a one-day festival, outdoor festival. All right, cool. All right, so what are we going to hear from you? Uh, this, this song's called Orange. Right on. Here they are, live in the Primanti's Coffee House on the Point Park University stage, the Derek Woods Band.
right, Derek Woods, man. Song's called Orange, and you can check them out. Derek will be a part of the Pittsburgh play uh, Petty Tribute coming up at the uh, Mr. Smalls Theater there. Sold-out show. I think they're doing two of them, though. Great stuff, man. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right, coming up. Well, let's just do it now. What the hell, right? I mean, it's Christmas. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports on a DV morning show, and we got one hell of a game this Sunday. Steelers-Ravens, Sunday night at Heinz Field. Sports this hour brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Steelers announced yesterday afternoon that linebacker Ryan Chazier had undergone surgery on Wednesday night. Not much uh, word beyond that. The spinal stabilization surgery was how they phrased it. Um, Chazier clearly won't be playing uh, anytime soon, but somebody has got to play inside linebacker next to Vince Williams on Sunday night against Baltimore. And uh, there will be expectations. Here's defensive coordinator Keith Butler. You've heard this a thousand times. It's a standard is a standard. It don't make it don't make any difference who we lose and all that stuff. We still gotta we still gotta play. We still got and this is gonna be a tough game for us. This game has always been close. I think the first game, the first time we played on uh, this year was a little bit different than, than it's always been. It's normally been a three-point a three game every time we play these guys. And it's, I'm sure it's going to be something like that this game right here because, you know, they're still fighting for it. Uh, their record is such that they're, uh, they're trying to get into, into the playoffs. They've been playing well. They've been consistent on, on what they're doing. So it's going, to be a, it's going to be a hard game for us to win. And so we got to have everybody and we got we got to play our best game because we, we know we're going to get their best game. We know that. Butler said yesterday, among other things, that uh, Arthur Motes and Sean Spence might end up sharing that inside linebacker spot vacated by this Shazier injury. Motes has played uh, inside linebacker in Buffalo in the NFL, but he's not ever played it here. He's getting his first snaps this week in practice as, as something other than a scout team inside linebacker. Sean Spence started the year with the Colts after being with the Titans last year. He was cut in October. He's back this week. Said uh, it's like a family reunion. He's uh, pretty fired up about being back, but uh, big, big challenge for the Steelers. Uh, we haven't and talk- they're playing for Shazier. I mean, they're using that as motivation this week. Yeah. They're also still trying to replace Joe Hayden. Uh, we saw Cody Sensabaugh start in Cincinnati and Cam Sutton finish. You might see both of those guys playing some at that position. That's another uh, spot on the field where they're just trying to keep it together. Uh, with the Bondo and duct tape and chicken wire and whatever they have. Did you revisit the tape from that game, Mike? Did you you see, like, did did you like what you saw from Cam Sutton when they brought him in in the second half? I did not uh, revisit the tape. I I can just tell you this much, that uh, they gave up, what, three points in the second half? Yeah. So something was working. Now, he got scorched on the one long one, the A.J. Green, that ended up coming back. Yeah. but AJ Green's gonna make some plays. Uh, I, I like. No doubt. The, I really like. The only thing I revisited, uh, Bill, was the last two series, and that's when the Steelers were still trailing. They got a three and out that included a sack. Offense drove for the game tying touchdown. Kickoff, three and out, which included a sack. Offense drove for the game winning field goal. So the defense really finished strong, if nothing else. Um, I, I two think the, different offenses. Was there similarity in that it's a little more run-leaning 
to set up the pass. Yeah, I think Baltimore's going to stick with the run more than the Bengals. Invariably, the Bengals get away from it. They did again. They can't help it. Well, it was partly uh, he can't audible out of it. Partly injury. I mean, Joe Mixon was running all over the Steelers until he got hurt. Yeah, but uh, Bernard was was gashing them on the running against the sub package stuff. And they Bernard stopped. averaged five a carry and uh, yeah. Mixon four. I think Baltimore's going to come at him heavy. Just uh, as our uh, no, your enemy guest uh, Garrett said uh, they're going to try to pound, pound, and then go way downtown. Pound, pound, way downtown. Here pound, pound, way downtown. You got the one trick pony, Mike Wallace, doing his thing, and he's still pretty good at that trick. Yeah, he catches it. He can, mm-hmm. he can get behind you, and he can make you pay. He'll catch it. What we what so we say? Needs to do. Like when he was here, it was he was wide open down the field at least once or twice a game, at least. Oh, he'd tell you it was a lot more than that. But yeah, that was what was the young money crew? Him and Brown and uh, Sanders. Daniel Sanders, right? All three. Kevin of those. Colbert has ha- has a knack for receivers. Pretty good valuation on all three of those guys. <laughs> uh, the Steelers have to defend it. With whatever they have available, Cam Hayward uh, talked about the fill-in uh, players they'll be depending on this week is not having to be Ryan Shazier or Joe Hayden is just having to do their jobs. Other guys just got to hold there in the bargain. Um, I think guys got to step up, not do too much, but just play your position and play it well. Um, and then the new guys just have to, you know, just do your job. You know, uh, not overthink it um, and understand that you're one eleven that's going to do do it for us. Sutton talked about uh, his mental approach when he got thrown in in terms of uh, just wanting to play for the guy next to him. And uh, that seemed to work out pretty well. It's pretty healthy. I think he is uh, not your average rookie. They said that when they drafted him in, in terms of his knowledge and understanding of the game. He's had a great perspective. His training camp was derailed by injury. Uh, the vast majority of his rookie season was derailed by injury. But, uh, you know, the way – the dice have rolled. They uh, they now have him active, and they now have him in games, and uh, he, he's getting a chance to be impactful uh, when it didn't look like that was going to be the case for a long, long time. Uh, they've still got some weapons on defense as well. T.J. Watt is one of those. Here's uh, Watt talking about how they'll forge ahead without Ryan Shazier. It's tough to do without uh, Ryan in the middle, but um, I think that we have the guys that can kind of rally around each other and just play good football. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see the uh, emotional impact. Uh, you know, they're, they've all got a heavy heart right about now, but if you rally together and play for each other and for Shazier, who knows what that might inspire, guys. And what a perfect game to unleash Debo. What a perfect game. You know he's getting a helmet. That's what Arthur Motes says. Arthur Motes is inside now, so uh, you know if you do the math, they're one outside guy short. And as Arthur Motes put it uh, yesterday, you know what he does to the Ravens. And he smiled that Arthur Motes smile that lights up a room. Congratulations to uh, Jeanette for winning uh state championship in Hershey yesterday. Right? They won the, uh, the single-A state football title over Homer Center. They beat the snot out of him. Uh, oh! Also, congrats to my alma mater, Erie Prep, Cathedral yeah, Prep. Yeah, another one, huh? Second straight PAAA Ooh. Quad A football title against uh, Amhotep once again. How do you say that name of that? Imhotep? Imhotep? Yeah, I don't know. They I won. I don't know. Imhotep Charter, 38-28, high-scoring game. And Mike Mishler has uh, been an absolute 
juggernaut up there. Prep gets it done, football and basketball, for a long time, right? I th- uh, hoops, you know, maybe a little less consistent than the football program, which has just been. There was a weird little period of time where Mishler stepped down and uh, Joe Moore took over. Do you remember that at all? Joe Moore was up there. This, I played under uh, legendary coach Minute George, and uh, he was no stranger to those titles either. And uh, pretty pretty cool for, uh, for uh, Erie Prep once again. Ramblers roll. All right. Ramblers. Dude, yeah. Like the car? Yeah. Roll, ramblers, roll. I don't know. It was always like uh, Ram was like the, the picture, like of the, you know. No, don't say that. That's not what I'm, not the verb. <laughs> it was like a. The animal. The animal. Oh, the thing with the horns. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that does ram. A ram rams. But the reason you call it ramming is because of the ram. Ram's got a ram. Ram's got a ram. <laughs> ram tough, you might say. You might. The rammed is the rammed. The ramblers get it done again. Congrats to uh, Coach Mish, who's a, just a great dude. Great dude. And king, uh, congrats to Jeanette, who just beat up on Homer. Somewhere Terrell Pryor is smiling. I mean, I'd imagine he's always smiling. Except when he was on the Browns. 42-12, Jeanette won. That's a big wow. Huge. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Mike, get you set for Sunday Night Football. It is the DVE Morning Show. Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Sloppy Joes. Sloppy Joes. Sloppy, sloppy Joes. Yeah. My Washington. I loved living on Oh, Mount- who hasn't been thinking that all week, right? I, I loved living up on Mount Washington. And when I first moved there, I told the story earlier in the week, that was that was the first bar I went and hung out at. Like all I did was Sunday football when I moved in there in 1999. And I flipping loved live, living there. And I love my neighbors. I miss living on the Mount. It was so much fun. Yeah, I had some friends that lived up there. It was it was great. New Year's up there every year. We had uh, we had an implosion party whenever they blew oh, yeah. up Three Rivers. Stayed up all night drinking. Yep, we did the same thing. Yeah, they do still have houses there. You can move back. No, it's not there anymore. But Sloppy Joe's is, and uh, <laughs> you can go up there. I'm up there now. It's great. Are you on the mountain? You live yeah. up there. You live back on a bog side, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's back in the, the end. The end that I can afford, obviously. Well, not not that you would live on. I mean, I didn't live right. on Grandview. No, no, no. I lived on Sycamore. I lived right down from Redbeard's. How sick oh, are those houses, though? Right on Grandview. Silly, silly. Oh. I used to walk my dog on Grandview all the time, and I thought, like, this is the life. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like walking along there with one of the most beautiful views in the world, and every once in a while, you'd be like, that river's disgusting. But <laughs> most days, you're like, this is awesome. This is sick. Every That's... once in a while, you'd be like, why is that one brown? That's every Pittsburgher's uh, lottery list. I'm gonna get a. Suite at PPG Paints, house on Grandview. I'm going to buy a Permanis. Not a sandwich, a, a, an actual a franchise. Location. Yeah. yeah. I had my, my own personal incline. <laughs> Before the implosion, I took a picture of my dog right by where that uh, George Washington statue is over there, you know, with the Indian. When he's face to face with the Indian? Yeah, and it looks like they're doing like, uh, they're about to like dance. Um, or they're about to play chess. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like they're about to do like, like the, the sharks and the jets. Like yeah, yeah, like they're doing the the beat it video or something. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were doing. I think they were about to sing beat it. But anyways, I took a picture of my dog with Three River Stadium in the background, and he's looking all happy. And then after they imploded, and I went back to the same spot and took a picture of him, and I made him I made him do the bad dog face, so it looked like he did it. <laughs> 
I thought it was hilarious. He didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad when they imploded Three River Stadium. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Also, one of the worst stadiums ever, just from the standpoint of it was only in existence for like 30 years. Bite your tongue. One of the worst stadiums ever? I'm saying for in terms of it, the length of its existence, Mike, 30 years? It was not a great field. I mean, you were sitting in a you were sitting in a toilet bowl, staring down at a baseball. I mean, game. great well, things happen by there. Heathens here, help me out. Great things happen. I don't know. There. I remember going there when I was a kid, a little yeah, me kid too. coming down for Pirates games. Oh, yeah, I saw yelling fantastic at games Grant. there. Yelling at Mudcat Grant. Yep. I still have my. How long ago was that, Val? The number of my early seventies. I have the number of my press box seat. They let us kind of raid it on the last game, <laughs> and uh, I have a. In my basement, I have the the view, the fifty yard line view, and then I have my little seat number right there where I sat for years. Good memories there. Yeah, awesome. very fun memories of a. How come they don't call it like the house Clemente built or something like that? Because he was at the end. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is it? It was the precursor to you know, but not. Never mind. It wasn't really the house anybody built. Not really. Because it was for both teams anyways. Yeah. It wasn't like a baseball stadium. I mean, the Steelers hadn't gotten good yet, and the Pirates were just entering the 70s, which was a very successful decade. But it's a house cocaine built. They weren't all that good in the 60s. <laughs> it is a house cocaine built. There was a lot of cocaine in that building. Yeah. A lot of it brought in by the Pirate. Parrot. I, I smoked cigarettes when I first moved back here, and uh, I remember going to a Pirate game in Three Rivers, and there was nobody around us at all, and just like having to smoke in the stands. <laughs> In Three Rivers, because it was just, I mean. Co- I remember, I don't know, was it was one of the coaches of the Pirates, and he was way down underneath, like you really couldn't see him, but I could see him kind of somehow between the seats, and he smoked, and he looked at me, and he was like, shh. Was it Leland? No, I don't, I don't remember who it was. It was an assistant. But I just remember you could feel that place rocking. Like when I was there watching the uh, the Colts-Steelers AFC championship game, that place was literally vibrating. The stands were just going bonkers. Yeah, I get Sean's point. It wasn't the greatest of baseball venues, but I thought it was, uh, you know, the Steelers came of age in that place. And That's what I'm saying, but just, the actual structure, Mike. The actual structure. It was the most one of the most short-lived stadiums of all time. Had to be. No, nah, it's no. about the same as Riverfront and the Vet and, you know. Stadiums of its era. That's the the full length of a stadium is thirty years, in that era. Okay, when when uh, the the historical stadiums came down, and before we figured out what stadiums should actually be shaped like, <laughs> they lasted about thirty years. Yeah. Plus, it didn't have enough suites. No, I did like before they put the glass over the press box, and like a foul ball could just go careening into there. That was fun. Mike Pursuta getting you set for Sunday night football in a. Well, it feels brand spanking new. They keep adding on to it. So, Heinz Field, Sunday night, AFC North football night. Another rivalry, another night in primetime. But for the Steelers, this is much more than just another Sunday night in the spotlight or the standard resumption of hostilities with Baltimore. The build-up to Steelers-Ravens, the rematch, has included the Ravens as a team praying for fallen Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier. The Steelers, as a team, trying to deal with the emotional toll, the nature of Shazier's injury, and the physical hole left in the defense Shazier's absence have extracted. 
The Steelers one by one, decrying the hypocrisy of wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster earning the same suspension for a football play in Cincinnati as Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski had for coming off the top turnbuckle in Buffalo. Kicker Chris Boswell accusing the Bengals of field goal block assault. The Steelers trying to recover physically from their latest 15-round bout with the Bengals on a dreaded short week, no less. And Mike Mitchell going Troy Polamalu Postal on the NFL with a flag football rewrite of Polamalu's 2008 Pansy Game declaration. Hey, at least no one was looking ahead to New England this time. The Steelers instead found themselves looking within and looking to one another to survive a crisis that dwarfs insignificance even the potential location of the AFC Championship game. The intent is to rally together and run to the ball. But doing that with Shazier at inside linebacker is one thing. Doing it with Arthur Motes or Sean Spence is quite another. The Steelers will have to be mentally tough enough to compartmentalize Shazier's plight come game time, a task they were gradually able to master in Cincinnati once the initial shock wore off. They'll also need to play sub-package run defense without their defensive QB. Are you ready for some football? The Steelers are one week closer to regular season Armageddon against the Patriots, and everything they desire from their regular season remains on the table. But they're challenged at present in a manner few, if any, could have envisioned back at St. Vincent. All teams prepare to face adversity eventually, but no one ever sees this type of thing coming. They'll play hard through it, Cam Hayward maintained, because that's what Ryan Shazier wants them to do. He's still with them in that respect, but it'll be up to the Steelers to handle the rest in a Ravens game unlike any other in the history of one of pro football's greatest rivalries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Rasuda. Getting you set. And a big weekend on tap here in the Berg. Special thanks to the Derek Woods Band for performing live in the coffee house today. Also, thanks to Garrett Downing of Ravens.com, Alejandro Villanueva, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boy, that was great. I mean, just... He's an excellent interview. Absolutely awesome. And a great person. Uh, great interviews this season. Yeah, you know, all the players. Fans, the yeah. player, Yeah, we've had some really good player interviews this year. Uh, so special thanks to uh, Sean Collier as well. Sean, what do you got going on there? Well, look, tomorrow night there's a show called the Not-So-Secret Stand-Up Show at Arcade at 10 p.m. I don't know if that means I'm not supposed to tell you who's going to be there or not. So let's just say that unconfirmed reports out of downtown indicate <laughs> that myself, Mr. Wednesday Jeff Conkle, Aaron Kleiber, and Alex Tapula are all on that show. Those are rumors, however. Are you going to play the creepy Mr. Wednesday uh, music? Uh, send it over. Hopefully. That's uh, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. at Arcade Comedy Theater. Great showcase uh, 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 of local talent. Not-so-secret stand-up show. Go to the new arcade. Great stuff. All right, that's you gotta it. Play it. You got to play hey, it. One more uh, plug uh, for the hockey game tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Number 18 Penn State and Robert Morris resume their rivalry. Uh, it's good stuff, and the tickets are between 9 and 25 bucks. Okay. What time? 7.30? 7.05. Uh, come on down. Check it out. If you can't, we've got the call. I'll be working a game with Tim Benz, as always, on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay. Nice. Benzie's tall enough to call the play-by-play now i want to make it clear we've been playing this to 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 great success on fridays but it is an updated version of the original polka and that mistake we have kept it's like jazz you do it twice it's not a mistake well we've done it a bunch of times now undefeated with this is not 
the original. Let's go Bam Morris, baby. But we can't mess with Juju, even though Juju can't mess with the Ravens. <laughs> United States. We're from the town with the great football team. I like it. We cheer the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the wrong, wrong I like it a lot. Chuck this is the wrong, wrong That's one? the wrong, yeah. wrong one. Oh, slack. It says 70s right on it. What yeah, we haven't been using the 70s. Using, we, we've been using the 90s. I didn't put it in there. Mid-2000s? Who in Bam the Morris. hell is messing with our polka? The Russians. I think it it's is. always the Russians. I think it's Putin. I think we got to play it. I don't know what else we do here. Bill, I need your uh you need to do the ruling. No, you got to you got to play the wrong one, the right wrong one. The I right I put the right week. wrong one on your button bar. Don't you tell me how dare you. <laughs> no. That's not it. We got to play something. Come on, Randy. All right, just relax. I can't. Everyone relax. I don't have it There's here. There's a lot riding it's, on this. It's on it's it's like a a seafoam green on your button bar. <laughs> this ends up Ravens 21, Steelers 18. This one? No. We no. know why. What button? What are you looking at? Hey, man, I'm I'll, on the... I'll, I'll, I'm put on the in, I'll put it on your log. I'm All on the, there you go. is lost. I think this is it. I blame AFC on football. All That's right. It. There That's it is. Can we mark it? Yeah. We're from the town with we the great football team. Hey, I'm a DVE guy, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Habit, not only a dream. It got to the point. Go out and get the Steelers. United States. Slow the hell down! So it's the first army. We've been many years in coming. Let's keep the Steelers machinery. I mean. Slow the hell down! I like it. We cheer the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it a lot. We need the habit, not only a dream. Go out and get the Steelers. <laughs> Dollars and all his friends are all on the beam. United Church. Congratulations, Steelers. I don't even know you. Why would I want you? We've been many years <laughs> in coming. Just with the Steelers machinery. I mean, it's all over the, the street. The property, uh, you know, my mom's car over AFC North Football. 
I like it. It got to the point. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, man. What a finale. Hey, I'm a DVE guy, man. You tell him, Jimbo. Let's go Steelers. Get well 50. Have a great weekend. All of the action starts four hours before kickoff Sunday right here on your home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.